God. All right. I had this all prepared, too. Yes, I had you this, did. I did. I had so it all. So I working through flawlessly? I had it all ready to go. It was, And it was going to be really exciting, and I listened back to it and everything. It's, now Tim is laughing at me. I know how you feel. I've ruined playing my own excitement. Oh, I know. Do we have something? Do you have something you can kill time with for like 60 seconds? Yeah. I mean, not kill time. Do you have some sort of gripping? Sure. That was the wrong way to put that. Do you have something that the audience would... Less than an Thank hour. You. Aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, huh? Words should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps space today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. I'm sorry, I ran up to my office and back again. That's not that far. There's only like two stairs. <laughs> All right. Who's ready? We were four yeah. minutes ago. Shut up! Him machete. Seventy dollars a day for yard work. Hundred for roofing. Get in. One twenty-five for septic. Signage. Have you ever killed anyone before? As you may know, illegal aliens such as yourself are being forced out of our country at an alarming rate for the good of both our people. Our new senator must die. And for that, I will pay you $150,000. Cash. He was given an offer he couldn't refuse. I'd cost the most. Because I'm the best there is. Set up. Double-crossed. And left for dead. I took a vow of peace. And now you want me to help you kill all these men? Yes, bro. I mean, Padre. See what I can do. He knows the score. He gets the women. And he kills the bad guys. But they soon realize. He's coming after us. They just f with the wrong Mexican. Suspense. 
action. Emotion. Please, Father, have mercy. God has mercy. I don't. If you're going to hire a machete to kill the bad guy, you better make damn sure the bad guy isn't you. Machete. Rated X. Running and the out of breath and the exhausted and the oh I'm gonna die. Uh, that, that machete. Now I'm gonna be doing that all day. He hosts the show. He takes the calls. Uh, hi there. It's six minutes and eighteen seconds after the hour of eleven, and this the month of December in the year of our Lord two thousand and seven. Thank you for coming along, making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of uh, AM 970 Solid State Radio. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is uh, Monday, and welcome to Day 12. Hello and howdy. I hope you had a satisfying and productive weekend. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. He screams the calls. He wears the cologne. Um... 503-733-2970. You get Fat Boy and I in a room together doing that, and that's, that's all it is all night long. Just becomes nothing but talking about Danny Trejo and that weird ratchety voice. 503-733-2970. Uh, your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your conventions, your, uh, your two cents, your what have you. It's 503-733-2970. You can also uh, email if you'd like. It's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Uh, Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. There you go. All right. Uh, so I hope a uh, I hope a good time was had by all this weekend. We'll kind of go around the uh, the room and everything, talk about what everybody. It was an action packed weekend, I think, for everyone, probably uh, except for Tim. Tim, who already told me, let me just say this: we started off by having this discussion about kicker checks, uh, which is the one time I was al- I was allowed to get away with the barely newer thing at home, because Lara walked in and I just held it up and I went kicker. And it, 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 we were so, and we were really pleased with the amount. Let me just say that. I know that it is money from the man, and so therefore any amount is a good amount. But we were really, we were satisfied with the amount. Although, although now that I think about it, I can't remember if that means if that's good or bad. Is it something like the high? Is it the higher the amount, like the less you actually make, or something, or the lower the amount? I don't know. Are you? Did you get a really high amount? Well, I don't want to say. It seems improper to say. I'm getting nine dollars. I. You're what? Nine? <laughs> I don't understand. Well, then you must... Well, I'm somewhere I have, between... I have rental income and I own other cars. <laughs> You're nowhere near a microphone. Um, no. Tim and his various holdings. What you here's what was great about that just now is... I think it actually went over the air, but it was just the sort of... Just the sort of understated way which you said that I have rental property and various other holdings and substantial personal worth and assets. And you look all New England today. Tim's got a turtleneck on. 
You really do look like you want to be in a ski lodge with your leg up on a cast picking up on snow bunnies while holding a cup of cocoa. Wait, it's not on my street yesterday, so I'm in the Christmas spirit. Okay. Okay. I'll take your word for it. Um, well, anyway, so but, but we had a guess as to what the kicker check was going to be, what the amount was going to be, and then it was actually above that. So that's good. So it's fantastic. So if you're married, you, they put the two checks together? Yeah, because it, well, it was made up to us jointly. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. In any event, well, whatever. It's it's free money. So that's all I say like an idiot, pig-headed American. Um, <laughs> so uh, so that's going to go in the... Uh, that's going to go in the bank. Is what the, and the good news is, the good news for me is that uh, Lara went to Italy this year, and then she's actually now already planning her 2008. And her 2008 trip is going to happen in January. Uh, so her big 2008 world excursion is going to happen like, bam, it's first of the year. Uh, and the good news uh, about that is that's actually going to be so unbelievably expensive, her next trip. That the kicker check is all mine. The kicker check is all me. That's all Rick. Um, so, uh, and just it, 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 for those who keep track of such things at home, and I know you do, her next trip, which is happening, I think, the second week of January, uh, when she's going to wait for it, Panama, uh, which is, I think, a dictatorship where they kill people. I'm pretty sure that they saw your feet off in that country. I hate to. I don't want to disparage Panamanians. I'm sure they're a fine people. But I'm pretty sure that's a place where they just uh, shoot you and then hose the blood off the street. So I don't know. Their biggest export is malaria. <laughs> so there you go. Um, anyway, so she's going to Panama, uh, which is a little pricey. But because that trip is so expensive, A, uh, I, the kicker check accrues solely and completely to me. It is all mine. And I have been freed from the obligation to buy a lot of Christmas presents this year. She actually, she Did flat she out... Did she forget about you forgetting her birthday? Uh, no, well, I've already bought a bunch of crap for her birthday. Uh, not crap, things, items, carefully chosen. Carefully chosen to meet her every one. Um, but then she actually said, she goes, look, I know that this trip to Panama... Is... And she's going to Panama because her mom grew up in Panama, and her mom has some weird 70th class reunion or whatever the hell. So she and her mom are doing this... It's like the Gilmore Girls, but with mosquitoes. It's like a, like a mother-daughter trip to Panama, which is... Anyway, uh, so because it's a little pricey, though, A, I get the kicker check, and B, I don't have to buy a whole lot of stuff for Christmas. She actually flat-out told me that. So it's good. So it's the hap, hap, happiest Christmas ever. Um, well, in any event. So there you go. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, here's what is coming up today. Uh, CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kastenbaum uh, will be joining us about something. I'm not really sure what he's talking about. All I know is that we're going to be talking to him about his appearance on Fuse Television. And he's going to be talking about I Am Legend. Oh, really? Oh, fantastic. Because he saw a bunch of um, being filmed when I he was in New York. Am, oh, that's, that's oh, yeah, right. He is in New York. Place he in Manhattan. It, yeah. Excellent. Uh, yeah, let's not forget that we're doing that tonight, by the way. The I Am Legend premiere okay. at the Lloyd Cinema. You know, that one across the street from the mall or whatever at 1510 Northeast Multnomah. Uh, that is happening tonight at 7 p.m. I am legend. Uh, we've been giving uh, tickets away for that, so hope to see you all there uh, tonight. Um, I've heard I won't spoil anything about the film. <clears throat> of course, I'm not Will Smith. I will not give away the ending. I will say that the reviews have been... The reviews... There haven't been any bad reviews. The reviews have ranged from, eh, you know, it's okay, to it's great. Uh, so, I mean, it's just some of the visuals I've seen are really, really cool. Looking I don't trust that. reviews anymore either. When I saw that Beowulf had like an 80% positive rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. I'm like, who, who well, are these people? Well, that's just stupid. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And I haven't even seen it, and I know that that's, that's not right. 
80%? That's like 8 out of... Well, that is 8 out of 10. That just doesn't make any sense at all. Well, And it isn't even because it's hilarious. It's like, oh, the glorious, the dazzling special effects. You know what it is? That's a bunch of people who are trying to look smarter than they are because it's based on a 700... Like a, a manuscript from 700 AD that was like written on bark or something. That is a whole lot of people who took a lot of English uh, lit classes and they're trying to look, trying to look uh, all sophisticated and whatnot. Uh, your sophistication won't buy you a drink of water in hell, my friend. Uh, so I am legend. I've heard that the vampires, I've heard the CGI vampires are bad, but everything else is great. That's kind of the word, is that they made this decision early on in the process, a, a bad decision, it seems, to instead of having actors in makeup, that the vampires are all CG, and, I, and, I, and apparently that's terrible, but I guess the rest of the film is really good. So, um, and Will Smith looks great, man. He looks all emaciated and bony. So, uh, anyway, so I'm hoping that that's... That, that, so that is tonight. It's at 7 o'clock. I'm hoping that's great. So Steve Kastenbaum about that. Uh, we'll talk to CNN Radio Correspondent James Roop. Uh, he is in Colorado Springs, Colorado, home of Seamus, uh, where I guess there were two separate shootings. I thought it was just one uh, church shooting. But well, I guess one was, was uh, like a missionary place. The other was church. But, you know, one was... One the... of those super churches with like 7,000 people in it. And you know, where, you know what church it was? It was the church where the Reverend Ted Haggard used to, used to preach. Oh, when he wasn't off uh, not buying methamphetamine and not having uh, massages and so forth. Uh, so, um, anyway, so Jim Roop is in Colorado uh, Springs, Colorado, to talk about that today. And Bob Costantini will join us from, uh, from Washington. Let's see. Uh, let's see. We will have the top five today. Uh, I found out that that Ross Island Bridge construction is an ongoing project, by the way, because I got snarled in it again this morning. Where And I, here's what makes it so terrible. is Actually, as you're getting ready to cross the Ross Island Bridge, and you're just past uh, Milwaukee, and there's that weird... that. Whatever that strip club is, like if you're heading, um, if you're heading uh, west over the Ross Island Bridge, and there's that that strip club that used to be Coco's or whatever it was called. Was anyway, it the Boom Boom Room. It was, I think, yeah. at one point. And I don't know what it is now because now they've got like the Pride flag out front now. So I don't know if it's like a male strip club or if it's like just for chicks or, but whatever. But as you drive by that, it, now you actually there are three lanes that have to merge into one. And I mean, Portlanders can't even merge two lanes, so this is just adding another 33% onto the uh, uh, onto the commuting pile. So that's bad. So that's just an ongoing thing. I guess they're going to be doing bridge work all week. So if you have to go over the Ross Island Bridge in the morning, uh, heading westbound, your life is the suck. So just be prepared. So leave the house like it's... Because it added another 30 minutes on my commute this morning, which is just terrible. Uh, so we'll be doing the top five drive songs today. Uh, top five drive songs. I think Peter Carlin is back from London, too. Uh, we should check in uh, with that, uh, Richie. Because I think he was, I think he was back last Monday, but then he was, was working and the jet lag and the whatnot. So, um, so today, Peter Carlin, I do believe, uh, Darwin Watch, Penis Watch, Serial Killer Watch coming up today. Uh, and uh, there you go. Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification today. Uh, Michael Vick is sentenced to 23 months in the pokey. <clears throat> he fed prostitutes to pigs, and now the Canadian pig farming serial killer gets life. Bernonians get FEMA money already. Uh, Brittany drives the wrong way and commits petty thievery at a gas station. A mother's love. Amy Winehouse's mom pleads to her daughter to get help through a Sunday tabloid. A Florida hoodlum terrorizes a convenience store for scratchers. 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 All right. Uh, so there you go. Okay, so Brittany watches well. Is this the thing about her stealing cigarette lighters? Yes. Oh, Jesus. really? <laughs> she shoplifted I a cigarette lighter at a convenience store. I've been store. looking at all the SantaCon pictures, so I haven't even looked at the celebrity gossip yet. Did yeah. I miss anything good? Uh, all I know is the Brittany thing. 
because I looked at TMZ last night. It's part of my week. When I get, when I get off work on Friday, I Saturday is my day where I fast from the news. Yeah, I don't follow the news at all on Saturday. But then on Sunday night, I sit down. Because looking through the news, and I think I speak for all of us here, looking through the news or the gossip pages or whatever is alternately exciting and stressful. Uh, because, it, I mean, it's exciting because you know, there's always the chance that Britney has gotten something tattooed on her head or has stolen something. Um, uh, but then it's kind of stressful, too, because then you just want to be talking about it right away. So when you see, like, Britney has, what have, well, you know, the, the, the Britney has a third eye growing out of the middle of her head. And you're like, oh, I want to be talking about it right now. So I always have to put it off. Until Sunday night. And so I looked at TMZ last night and I saw that Britney's... And there's a foot, there's video footage of it. Mm-hmm. Of Britney... I mean, I know I'm bl- blowing the Britney watch right here, but what do you care? Um, the, um, the, the Britney going into a convenience store, stealing a cigarette lighter, and then literally on the way out, she, like, shows it off to the television cameras or whatever, the TMZ camera. It, it's, you know, and it's something, look, I just stole something, y'all. And she, like, gets in her car and drives away. <laughs> I mean, she's so just, just unremittingly dense. I mean, she's dense like she was made out of a white dwarf. It's just unreal. All right. Um, I got all of these small observations to get to, but first, uh, the Rick Emerson show produced today and always by the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, my weekend had its ups and downs. Yes, it did. Which <laughs> would you like to talk about first? I don't want to talk about the downs. Okay. Um, but. Yeah, went to SantaCon on Saturday, which was so much fun. Now, and this I, was a thing you didn't want to talk about in advance? Well, because it already, there were like, it was twice the amount of people of last year. Right. As last year. Because I guess, uh, like, the Willamette Week did a thing on it. So did the Mercury, and I think Oregonian did as well. And then it's been in that Chuck Palahniuk Yeah, it's, book. In, it's, the, it's in the book, Fugitives and Refugees. It's actually on the, on the cover of it. And, and so it's been going on for, I think, 11 or 12 years. And it's, uh, it's put on by the uh, Portland Cacophony Society. Um, where it's a bunch of, you know, board creative people who like to do fun things around the city. And one of them is SantaCon, where you meet at Skidmore Fountain, uh, dressed in a Walgreens Santa suit, and yeah. wander all around the city drinking beer and singing songs all day. Laura wanted to know if you went as a thin Santa or a fat Santa. Oh, I can show you pictures. I look terrible. It was huge. It was one of those giant, like, $13 Walgreens yeah. Santa outfits. No, that's it. You just got to roll with it. So, that's you know, right. a lot of people were wearing like, their cute little, like, sexy Santa outfits, but my friends and I all had the huge, you know, boxy Santa. Now, how many bars did you hit, would you say? Well, first of all, when did this start? Uh, noon. Okay. And we lasted until like 2 in the morning. Aaron claimed, it was Aaron Duran, claimed at one point that you had been drinking since 7 a.m. on Saturday. Well, actually, <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Okay, the fact that you didn't just start that with a denial. No, I'm just thinking, no, because Heather came over and we drank well, a spark. We drank uh, a spark at 11. So let's see, we went to, oh, God, went to the Ash Street. Went to Rialto, Greek Cuisina. I can see the blur in your head. I really I'm, can't. I'm just going to listen, not even in the order. Uh, we went to Ankeny's, the Paris Theater, Mary's Club, uh, Magic Garden, Scandals, Boxes, uh, the really get the um, the gay man dance club. I can't remember what it's called. Silverado? Silverado. I mean, what? Silverado. <laughs> went to Silverado, Henry's. Um, God, I can't even remember. We went to, some, went to the Tube. <laughs> went to Jack's. Went to the Yamhill Pub. I don't know, some places. Do you remember? Um, do you remember saying this to Aaron? Probably. Hey, this is when you were at uh, Magic Garden, which is a, uh, a, 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 a dancing uh, ladies establishment. Yes. Um, do you remember saying this? Hey, sorry, I gotta go. I gotta go dance. Oh no, that's probably messing with him. Okay. Well, whatever. Uh, no, it was. Yeah. 
Okay. It was a little gross. It was a little depressing, actually, because there Magic are all these... Magic Garden is kind of a weird place. It is kind of a weird place, and there are all these, like, depressed-looking guys dressed in Santa suits sitting at the rack. Uh, see, and I just... That place is... To me, and look, I'm not trying to knock Magic Gardens. I'm sure it's a sure it's run, by, run by fine people. I, it just to me... It's not great the way Mary's Club is. Yeah. Mary's Club has... Magic Gardens is just seedy. That's the thing. And it's like, I remember going there with you and Greg that one time before that intercom meeting, and there was like a cardboard sign tacked up, but like, not like cut out. It was like a piece of cardboard that had been like sort of torn out of a larger sheet of cardboard, and it was like, you know, like something, you know, like, please don't put cigarette butts on floor or something. It was just like, and something was misspelled on it. It was just sad. No, I saw a girl like actually... How can I say this? I saw a girl actually sit on one of the railings. <laughs> really? Like with nothing on. That's, that's, it was no, that's just, no good. It was so bad. And then you <laughs> see them whip out the same dirty rag and the same bottle of spray stuff. And then, Where's my simple and then green? sit on it again. Yeah. Oh. Good times. Yeah, it was really... But um, anyway, it was really, really fun. Then went and saw Craig Gass in um, Vancouver. I did not... Night. Yeah, I didn't get to that because I was busy working on some stuff. But I... Was he great? Was he... Uh... He was hilarious. Yeah. He spent the first 20 minutes of the show, which he probably couldn't have done the night before. I don't know. Just making fun of the place. Fantastic. And um, he's just like, you know what I want? I don't want to go to Portland, Oregon. Was I want to go to Vancouver. Was the place a hole? It was a total... It was a total, like, yeah, crap hole. Yeah, excellent. But he was really funny. Christine Levine opened for him. Now, you said... No, Thank God. So, no, I told her to her face. Yeah. Thank God she's funny. Because you had to, because you had told me about a little bit about this last night. And you're like, because you had gone there and you would called me as you were getting ready to go in to this place in Vancouver where Gas was performing. And you're like, oh, my God. Rick, it's Sarah. I think Christine Levine, who used to work with us on the not with us on the Marconi show, but she used to work down the hall from us when she was part of the Marconi show, and then she left the Marconi show to just to kind of follow her stand up thing. And Sarah's like, Christine Levine is getting to go. Oh God, I hope she's not terrible. Oh God, I I hope she's funny. Jesus, if I have to pretend to laugh, it's going to be the worst thing. And then you call me later and say she was actually really good. She was. I am so proud of her because you know she left radio to pursue you know the her dream. And there's so and much she's bad really good stand up out there. And it's like, seeing bad stand-up is a uniquely awkward experience. I mean, when you're there, God, I was at Dante's one time, and I forget when this even was. Well, I don't even know why this was happening. Maybe it was before karaoke from hell or after or something. And But there was like a, like a terrible stand-up comic on stage. Maybe it was after one of the rock star showings. And it's like the guy was just bad. He was just cringe-inducingly awful. And, you know, but then like you have to clap. Because like uh, the, because otherwise then there's just one guy like his girlfriend or something is just yeah and that's like worse than no clapping at all like no clapping at all is almost great in an Andy Kaufman performance art kind of way one clap it's like either no one can clap or everyone has to and so then you're obliged to clap for somebody who's not funny so I'm glad she was great the, the second guy was awful <laughs> and then and then there was Craig Gass and he was really really funny did he tell the uh, Sex on the City story no he didn't okay well he didn't need to because he'd already told you in person yeah you get a private screening of that story oh that was yeah that was a bad story I'm really glad he didn't now was it. it mostly jokes or is it like does he because he told some great stories when he was here is it mostly storytelling or how what is it it's, sto- it's storytelling but then he would incorporate uh, the voices and be like well if that was so and so I don't know he did it in a very fluid way right it worked really well he Excellent. did all of his voices uh, let's see, uh, Richie Bristol, do you, oh, I'm sorry, do you have the Richie Bell? I don't have the, uh, Richie Bristol, if you can please, uh, thank you. Please to be joining us now in the... Why do I feel the urge to give you money and then run inside of Woolworths? Uh, let's welcome now, uh, Richie Bristol to the, uh, program today. Hello, Richie Bristol, how are you today? Good. Okay, Peter Carlin today, huh? Yeah, two o'clock. Uh, um, okay, um... 
Would you like to change that time? Can we do it at 2.30? Because the thing is, we got uh, Roop, who's covering the shooting thing, at 2. Okay. So uh, if we can uh, maybe move that to 2.30, that would be fantastic. Also, uh, you know, up on my desk, you know, there's my inbox, that plastic mm-hmm. inbox. There is a, uh, it's face down, but it's right on top. There's a photograph, face down, about like this, laying face down in my inbox. Could you go grab that and bring it down here, sure. please? Thank you so much. Um, so I have something to share with everybody here in just a moment. And let's see, uh, what else? Oh, we got to... Uh, we got to talk about your uh, your absinthe that you got. Yeah. Um, so Aaron has some thoughts to share on that. Let me just say, uh, so Saturday when you were going to see, uh, or when you were going to SantaCon, uh, Saturday we were out uh, at our friend Prime's birthday, Prime from Vanished Twin Photography. Uh, we were at a local billiards hall uh, where there, there was, it's like, it's like a bar where there's, the thing is there's a bunch of pool tables and there's food and there's whatever, at which I proved that I am the worst pool player in the history of, I got many drunken messages from Aaron saying Jesus. that. I mean, and uh, I, I, I don't even want to talk about it. At one point, though, during the evening, uh, Lara and myself were playing a game of pool against Aaron and his uh, and his wife, the lovely Jen. And I inadvertently screwed all of us by sinking the eight ball. I screwed Aaron and I because I had thought we were playing some different version of the game. I didn't think we were just playing a straight like eight ball. And so I'm like, what, what? different version is there where you sink the eight ball? I I don't know. I just. So I thought it was in, so I'm like, watch this, in the corner, bam! And I nail the eight ball right in, I'm like, yeah, bow before me! And then Aaron's like, thanks, ass, and he like throws down his stick and he walks away, because I inadvertently lost us the game. Um, there was just a whole bunch of, there was a, a, a whole bunch of weirdness. And then I get all this crap for using the bridge. You know the bridge when you play pool, the uh, you know the thing that you lay it on the table and they use the... Why would you use that? Because the shot was like nine feet away. And everyone's giving me all this, real men don't use the bridge. So then then this this huge fight ensued over a billiards table, a bunch of drunken geeks, uh, none of whom are good at pool, but all of them fronting as though they are as they yell at me about using the bridge to make a shot. Uh, So some of our, a bunch of our good friends, Fatboy was there, Aaron was there. Uh, We should take this moment. I know we're trying to cram a ton of stuff into the opening here, <clears throat> and a lot of this is just sort of, um, you know, sort of st- not behind-the-scenes stuff, but just uh, little bits of business. We should take this moment to wish uh, congratulations uh, to our good friend Diana from downtown, uh, who got engaged Yay! on uh, Saturday. So she's Isn't that cool, Tim? So she and Prime, a vanished twin, actually. Uh, I hope I can announce that. Well, too late now. Uh, so they're engaged to be married. So congratulations they they to you. Like most people, they can't tell they you anything, do anything about in my in presence. Room. Um, Jesus, I don't have time to get to anything else except, and then we have to break here in a second, because we have Bob Costantini coming up, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth, we have the Top Five, we have Peter Carlin, Steve Kasimov, Jim Roop. Um, I do have to tell you that on Sunday, Lara and I did bow to the dorky inevitable, and we did wait in line oh, to get Max's no, picture didn't. taken with, with, with Satan, with Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get my dog's picture taken with Satan? <laughs> That's on the other side of the mall. Did, um, did he agree to put on his beard? Satan? No, uh, Santa. Yeah, no, he was. It was a. He was a great Santa too. Because I get it. Because, and I will just take a couple of, of minutes here. Because I guess uh, we have a few. Because Bob Costantini's up to eleven forty. So we go to the mall, and um, so we're like brushing Max's hair and having a whole debate about should we put him in a sweater or should we just have his natural beauty be you know on display in the photograph. So we go to the mall, and as we were sort of carrying him through the mall. Like I'm not like I, you know I'm not embarrassed of my dog at all, but you do sort of become really self-conscious of the fact you become really aware of the fact that you're carrying a dog along with you when you're walking through a mall, because you're the only one doing it. And so you're walking through the mall with a dog, and then you sort of realize that everybody who sees you walking through the mall carrying your dog, because I can't, 
in a place like a mall, I can't trust him to run around. Because, you know, he'll pee on something, undoubtedly. So I'm carrying him along. And you realize that everybody who sees you carrying this tiny, white, fluffy dog goes, they're going to get their picture taken with Santa. I mean, they all, they just know. There's no other reason you would be carrying a, a dog through the mall in December. So we get, and as, we, as we're getting towards the Santa, Lara puts this thought in my head, which is then with me for the rest of the trip, that the, the mall Santa is a uniquely depressing thing because, as she pointed out, it's somebody who clearly needs temp work Someone who clearly needs temp job for the holidays, who obviously you know, couldn't find any other kind of employment, who probably is really bitter about his life in general and about this job specifically, and yet, perversely enough, the job requires him to be jolly for eight hours at a stretch for, like, minimum wage. <laughs> and a guy who is angry and pissed off at everything and who doesn't want to be there doesn't just have to be there. He has to actively be jolly for eight hours while just hating everything. Um, All right, Lara's right. That is pretty damn and just It is. And so then I was all self-conscious about that. And here's how I comforted myself. I comforted myself by thinking that maybe he wasn't just some embittered, uh, you know, like box factory worker oh, who yeah. was in bit of I said, maybe he's an actor. Maybe he's an actor. Tim is nodding. And maybe this is like, uh, you know, what, what some of the, you know, actors do to supplement their income during the holiday season. Uh, you know, and so you know, the, the, sort of a Tobias Funke kind of a thing. Sort of a, I will be playing Jolly Chris Kringle this Speaking year. Speaking of that, I bought uh, season three of Arrested Development yesterday. Good for at you. At Game Exchange Excellent. for twenty dollars. Fantastic. Uh, Let's oh, see and, the picture. And then, of course, the Santa is surrounded by sticky-faced little bastard children. You know, uh, not as bad as the mall downtown. I went to the mall downtown later. That is just a bunch of Veruca salts down there. Just a whole bunch of screaming and stamping of feet. Just a bunch of entitled little bastards that you want to string up. Um, and, and the Lloyd Center Mall is much better. And the Santa was really great, and then my dog behaved himself. So I will pass this around the room, though, now so that all may look at it. Are we going to be getting one in the mail? Yes, you will. Come on, how great is that? That's terrific. It is. It is. I know that I'm. That. I know that I'm forcing people to look at pictures of my you said it my pseudo child, uh, but it's it's pretty great. The dog has <clears> you said it perfectly. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. I love Max's little pig nose too. Yeah. That's legitimately. I mean, I don't care if everybody thinks that That's I'm being a retard right cute. now or not. It really is. So, <laughs> a human couldn't be so cute. No, it's true. No, no, there's no baby that that's it's that cute. Max doesn't, Max doesn't vomit all over things. Not most of the time, anyway. Max doesn't grow up to shame your family by robbing people at a liquor store oh. with a sharpened screwdriver. All right, so... Are you going to cut go. that in half and give one to me and one to Tim? Uh, I am, in, da- in fact. I'm going to have it... Uh, there you go. I'm going to have that uh, have that framed, and I'm going to give that... Uh, that's for your Christmas present this year. Here's your Christmas bonus, Sarah oh, Dillon. Put it next to my tree. <laughs> oh, speaking of tree, uh, we also got a real tree this year. Uh, for the first time, like, ever. Uh, so we actually, so it was, it's holiday season everywhere at the Emerson Hustle. All right, we should take a break here. Did I get to everything? It doesn't matter. We have no time. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Bob Costantini around the corner. Coming up at noon, uh, the noon news hour later on. Uh, Peter Carlin, Jim Roop, Steve Castam on top five and so forth. These tidbits, the Rick Emerson. <laughs> It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, I want to thank Aaron Geek in the city, Duran, he of the growing fame, uh, for sending us the poster for Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Skull, which is badass, by the way. Looks fantastic. 
so I think you can probably see that at geekinthecity.com. Uh, People have been asking about the renamed 42nd Avenue for Douglas Adams thing. Uh, I think all of that is at Geek in the City. So there you go. Uh, also, and this will mean this will mean nothing to anybody who's... I never know how to say that. This will mean nothing to no one... Almost no one will know what I'm talking about here. I do want to thank Aaron Geek in the City with Durant for uh, on the, on Friday there was the KUFO was doing their rockathon, and uh, uh, and uh, like Sarah and I had pitched in to have the Nickel Arcade song played, uh, the Vodka in Heaven song, uh, which they did, and then um, if you were listening to KUFO around I don't know around 8:20 or 8:25 uh, on Friday uh, there was a uh, uh, there was uh, an exciting little pop ditty played by a local band who can't be described or named in any way. I heard that that band called the Wonderstruck. I don't know anything about that band. The Wonderstrucks, right? Apparently. I'm not sure. Wonderstrucks, W-O-N-D-E-R-S-T-R-U-C-K-S. Yes. I think they have a MySpace page. Let me any, look. I don't know anything about that. Oh, actually, that's weird. They're my top friends. Really? Are they? Yeah, they really are. How nice of you. I know. Thank you. So, uh, and thanks to Aaron for that uh, as well. All right. Oh, Aaron, that was nice of him. It was. It was really, it was great. And scored like a big nerd, uh, not that I'm associated uh, with that band. That I don't know anything about it. Uh, but like a big nerd, here's what here's what an attention whoring retard I am. So it, 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 how do I put this? Um, I mean, I have. I, I mean, I have no reason to like seek that the playing of that song out on the radio because you know because I have it like at home and so and and have heard it a thousand times. But did you have that thing where you were excited to and hear wrote your song? it? What? Um, or, I mean, their song? Their song, the song from that band. So what did I do? I immediately came in, though, on the AV logger upstairs, which lets you, like, listen back to the last, you know, whatever hours of the station. So I go on, and I hear, you know, so I can hear, you know, Court and Fatboy playing the song. So there you go. <clears throat> That's what a nerd I am. All right, That's 503. Really it was very cool. Uh, and I said, oh, I'm on the radio. That's so cool. Uh, it never gets old. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, let's see here. In just a few minutes, I will have Richie come back in and give us the status of the, um, I don't know, the, 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 the tour of the place that's formerly the, the Ace of Hearts. Because I think Storm wants to go now. Storm sent us this great and oh, creepy God, email. Oh, God, I laughed out loud about the, <laughs> the strapping the garbage bags to her legs. Yeah, she has. Storm sent us this email. She said, Rick, I heard that the, what formerly known as the Ace of Hearts, has, quote, a baby room replete with a crib. She says, I want to wrap garbage bags around my legs and go with you. Uh, keep me posted when and where. And then she says, uh, and then they've got a show coming up, Storm. Uh, I, I, uh, I think, is it, is it Storm and the Balls, or is it just Storm uh, duetting with, uh, with Stephanie from Cleveland? Well, in any event, Storm, at least, is going to be performing uh, at the Wonder Ballroom uh, this Thursday. And I'm unclear about if it's a whole ball show or whatever. And when she says, I can, quote, swing by with some tickets for you. So... Uh, we'll talk about that here in a few. Let's welcome now, from the hills, CNN Radio Correspondent and Living God, Bob Costantini. It just gets better. Thank Hello. you, Rick. Hello, Bob. How are you today? Now, <laughs> I, I claim no uh, deity uh, specifications. No, no, no. I'm saying not that, you know, I'm not talking about you worshipping the god of your choice as the no, right no, of American. Keep... I'm saying you, sir. You're... I am not a god. No. Hey, uh, you might not be. Stretch. You might be. Um, uh, what is it? Who is the, the Hindu god of death? It's not Vishnu. It's. Um, I can never get this right. Well, whatever. You might be him, the Hindu god of death. I'm just saying, or not. You might be Thoth. You uh, might be Cthulhu. I fancy myself as more of a demigod. <laughs> the the semi-Christ. Um, 
<laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Of course. I would never ask you to impugn your journalistic integrity by yeah. bestowing God status upon yourself. No, Bob, that's no. for us to do. No. Uh, so, well, let's talk about this business of the CIA. and the. Uh, you would think at some point, I mean, it's just, I think at some point the chutzpah, and I'm not trying to lay this all at the feet of the Bush administration. I think if you look back uh, through history, just, you know, people will get away with whatever they think they can get away with, regardless of whether they are Democrat, Republican, uh, regardless of whether they are independent. It doesn't matter. Um, but the latest is, correct me if I'm wrong, is the deal that, in theory, this is, this is how the theory goes, that the CIA was engaging in behavior which might count as torture. Somebody said, hey, we want to look into that. Give us those videotapes of you maybe torturing these people. And then, like, instantly the CIA just shredded everything and destroyed it and then went, what tapes? And then they kind of went, huh? And sort of shrugged. And now everybody's annoyed. Have I got sort of the broad strokes of that right? Well, Rick, it's a little more spread out than that, actually. These uh, videotapes, uh, at least two that are in question right now, um, were shot supposedly in 2002. Uh, they show interrogation techniques, or they reportedly show interrogation techniques, um, uh, that uh, would be considered perhaps borderline um, harsher techniques, if you will, on uh, two uh, high-value al-Qaeda suspects, from what we understand. Uh -huh. um, and uh, in 2005 or so, the 9-11 um, the, uh, Commission had also asked uh, if such tapes existed, and uh, congressional oversight committees had uh, wondered if there were tapes along these lines. And they were supposedly told no. And uh, here we have come to learn just last week, uh, thanks to a New York Times article that was coming out, uh, and the CIA decided to preempt it. Uh, we, we've learned that uh, two videotapes or videos, however they were done, uh, were destroyed um, in 2005. And, and uh, they're, uh, uh, you know, tomorrow the uh, CIA director who... At, at, who's now the CIA director, General Michael Hayden, will have to answer for this, uh, things that were done not on his watch, actually. You know, here's the thing, Logan. You got, like, uh, you know, whatever dinner receipts that you're trying to claim on your taxes, you're going to keep that for seven years. When I worked at 7-Eleven, we had to keep our security videotapes for 30 days. <laughs> I mean, we were required. How is it that, like, the CIA, while engaged in behavior with terror suspects, suddenly it's just like, well, we didn't think anybody would need these, so we just taped over them with old episodes of Home Improvement. I mean, how, I'm not going to be flip about it, but I mean, really, like, what possible, like, in what yeah. world is there any sort of defense for that? Well, 7-Eleven has high standards uh, there, uh, more than likely, uh, for keeping these surveillance tapes. I mean, did the, did the CIA, did, in, in, but, the, in, the, in the objective assessment of the situation, is there any sort of a reasonable case for the CIA saying, well, we didn't think anybody would want them? Well, that's what um, someone's going to have to try to explain away, but uh, the case that they are supposedly making now is that it was believed that these uh, videos were of no uh, use anymore and that for them to get out into the public might compromise the interrogators, uh, the people who are doing this. And also there is a concern uh, around uh, the world, as far as the CIA is concerned, that uh, where these interrogations are being done in the so-called black houses, these secret CIA prisons in other countries, um, that uh, the, this could open up the CIA interrogators in those specific countries to uh, charges, uh, you know, or criminal charges, 
uh, from those countries. This has already happened, actually, in Italy uh, for uh, several of CIA agents there. They are being tried in absentia for what they supposedly did in a CIA black house. But this was going to be – this would have been videotapes. And in this day and age, it's very difficult to keep this kind of thing quiet and uh, no doubt uh, the CIA felt, well, this could easily fall into uh, the wrong hands and become public. And maybe that's uh, that, that's their rationale for it. All right. Note to self, don't give anything that you need saved to the CIA. So, all right. Fantastic. It, it is, by the way, rather disturbing that the CIA apparently thinks so little of their own security that they thought if they put, you know, that they just figured these things would end up on, you know, that they figured these things would end up on, like, uh, you know, on Kazaa or something. I'm sorry, we can't, uh, we can't have these CIA tapes around because they're just going to end up on LimeWire. I, uh, there are a whole bunch of people in the administration who believe that um, they advised the CIA not to destroy these tapes. And uh, one person uh, took it upon himself, apparently, to do it. Well, all right, then. Uh, Bob Costantini, always a pleasure, my friend. If you're not on, are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I will be around. All right, then we will undoubtedly speak to you then. Enjoy the rest of your day, sir. My pleasure. CNN Radio. Fantastic. Uh, by the way, our own uh, Peter Carlin quoted in the New York Times today, uh, or rather the Sunday New York Times. Awesome. <laughs> the whole thing about how the caveman show. And he is the critic that they've decided to put right out front. Um, he is actually the lead item, uh, or the lead sentence, rather, in this New York Times thing about the the, 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 uh, the caveman show. Uh, says, in a deceptively agreeable column published in the Oregonian, television critic Peter Ames Carlin interjected two revolutionary sentences, 13 seditious words that might cause polite readers to question his judgment and sanity. Quote, ABC sitcom Caveman is really actually, uh, actually really funny, he wrote. You should give it a chance. And so there's a whole thing about about the handful of TV critics who like uh, cavemen. So we that is to, so um, funny. Yeah. So he's been working his whole life as a writer, and then he finally gets picked up by the New York Times for the caveman for, show. Not just for the caveman show, for being the guy who for likes. For liking it. For oh, being the man. guy who's a big caveman fan. Uh, let's see. Uh, Rick. All the, uh, let's see. Kali is Shiva's manifestation of death. I thought Kali was that guy from, I thought Kali was the guy from Temple of Doom. The, uh, you know, the, 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 see you in hell, Kali. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Uh, Rick, I uh, just wanted to comment about the, uh, the CIA, tor CIA torture tapes and their so, uh, supposed destruction. Uh -huh. There's a uh, letter out from federal attorneys somewhere in the South, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, that indicates they have copies of them. So they haven't been completely destroyed. Fantastic. You can find out more about it on No Quarter USA, a blog by a former CIA analyst, Larry Johnson. Well, maybe I can get a copy and give that out as my Christmas greeting this year. Hey, there you go. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, or uh, this will happen. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Have a Merry Christmas, or I will waterboard you. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to see if I can... Where's the song? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let me, if we can just, uh... Oh, this is the holiday crowd, Sex Panther. Oh, rich. Uh, Odeon. Oh, Please hurry back soon. It's quite fun. Hello, Richie Bristol. Hello. All right. So, uh, let's see here. Uh, let's see. I'm closing this. All right. So, um, 
last week, I don't remember how this happened. Last week we got into some um, some weird conversation about the place that was formerly known as the Ace of Hearts, which I guess is now the Angels, a sensual social club, which is some sort of like wife swapping place uh, that is uh, near right across from where I used to live. Blah blah blah. And then just an inordinate number of people expressed interest in touring that facility at some point, uh, among them our own uh, Sarah Dillon, Storm Large, etc. So, now, did you did you talk end up talking to somebody from there or getting contact info or something? No. Uh, somebody sent me a picture of their card. All right. So this so this is the this is the former. Ace of Hearts. Yeah, this is the former uh, membership cl- uh, cl- uh, club card Can for the Ace of Hearts. Yeah, it is an Ace of Hearts, and the heart is. Like wearing a zoot suit and like doing a little tap dance for some reason. That's bad clip art, is what that is. Oh, that is bad. That's like that's, yeah, that's what it is when a swinger has a copy of Microsoft Office 1994. Uh, in any event, all right. So, uh, so what? How I'm trying to figure out how we should even proceed with this. So hmm. I guess they're probably in the phone book. So I guess we can leave a message or something. So we want a complimentary tour. Well, I mean, I think all the tours are. Well, it's not a compliment. I mean, in other words, we're not asking for something that they would normally charge for, because I don't think we're asking to go there. Let me just clarify. We're not asking to go there during business, during operating hours, correct? Correct. This would be a, during the afternoon, when when it's, when it is, fr- when they are not having the uh, the sex. Oh, okay. When they're not, this would just be, this would, because I think we're interested in just seeing, um, how do I put this, the workings of the facility, not the workings of its members. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, I Maybe you, can, you should look and see if maybe there's a phone number, and if not, if you don't have a phone number, is is this guy who sent you this card, is he a member of the new club since they changed owners or whatever? Do you know that? I got like three numbers from three different people. Oh, really? Okay, well, there. see, there you go. Numbers of people who are members. So you should, uh, so maybe do this. Call back one of the people who is a member mm-hmm. and see if they've got like a direct dial or if they're comfortable giving out contact info for the owner. Mm-hmm. If not, uh, you could just... Um, how do how do I put this? Uh, if, if they don't want to uh, give you the contact info for the guy who runs the place, you could uh, give him your contact info. In other words, say, hey, I know you're a member of the place. We'd love to tour it. Can you give uh, the owner my cell number and we'll hook something up? And then, like, I think we were thinking like Thursday afternoon, maybe. Okay. Or I could go down during business hours. How did I, how did I know it was a business trip on the clock with the AM 970 car? And then you can write it off as a business expense? Yes. I wonder what would happen if you would try to write that off. Like, if we talked about it, uh, like, if we did a whole thing on the air about it, if I could... Because it, it was really tempting to write my TiVo off as a business expense, and then I didn't because I just knew that was going to get me... They were going to come and they were going to give me, a, like, a stern talking to about that. So, see if you can get a hold of the owner, and then we'd like to set up a thing for, like, Thursday afternoon. And it'd be, like, uh, Sarah and myself, and I think probably a couple other people will be going down. Me. Yeah, and then you. Oh, wait, it's not this. You're really right. acting inordinately it's, interested ooh, about it. It's kind of making me uncomfortable. <laughs> i got to say, it's a little too excited. Making, like making us feel all, all awkward. Right? No, I don't want anybody you know what, to Richie? see me naked. Richie's <laughs> a good-looking single guy. He, he wants to get out there. You can take that Penelope girl with you. Oh, <gasps> yeah. Waka, waka, wow. All right. All right. <laughs> Richie, are you bringing a date to the movie tonight? Uh, no. All right. So, but you will be that you'll be there in single form. So, I mean, so you'll be you'll be attachable while you're there. Yeah. yeah. If any uh, if any of our hot female fans should be at I Am Legend tonight, which is at 7 p.m., you will be there and ready to be uh, to be singly mingling. Yes, with t-shirts. Excellent. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, there you go. Uh, it's five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Uh, let's see here. So, is there anything else here that I need to get done before we break? Let's see that. No. 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 Okay, I think we maybe. I think we. Let me just read. Let's see. 
Do I want to read any of this stuff? Um, see, now here's the weirdness about this. Now, ever since we started talking about the Ace of Hearts thing, now about one of every four emails is like swinger-oriented somehow because people are now under the illusion Well, it's like when that, we were talking about furries, and then all of a sudden all these furries came, came out of the woodwork. came out of the woodwork. Uh, and it's, again, it, it, it doesn't matter to me. Again, we are not prudes nor puritans. It's just uh, I think people are uh, perhaps under the impression that we are in the lifestyle, as they say. Uh, Rick, hey, this, see, here we go. This Friday, I wonder if there are furry uh, Christmas parties, like furry or plushy Christmas parties happening. Uh, Rick, I would almost be tempted to go to one of those. Oh, just me, to sort of see I want to see it. Like a furry, well, you know, we have those furries who listen, uh, James and uh, what's his guts and those guys. Uh, Rick, this Friday is a swingers meet and greet holiday office party. I don't even know what that means. You guys should come around and check it out. The meet and greet is free. Click on the link to find out details. Um, and this is apparently a holiday office party swinger meet and greet. And the, it, here's the tie-in. This is put on by the guy who used to run the place when it was the Ace of Hearts. So I guess he has left that establishment. He is now putting on his own deal. And it is a like a holiday swingers meet and greet thing. Let's see here. Um, would you like to hear the description? Yes. I won't give the. Uh, I'm not going to give the uh, the location here because I don't know. I don't want people going by and because um, I see the guest list is anonymous and so forth, and so I know that they're kind of into privacy here. But it says, um, let's see. Our meet and greets are a great place to meet new people, catch up with friends, and spend a couple of hours socializing with. Sexy, like-minded folks. Yeah. And swap phone numbers and perhaps fluids of some kind. So there you go. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Uh, let's take a break here, and uh, we will come back with Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Later on, Steve Kastenbaum, Jim Roop, Top 5, Peter Carlin, and more, plus a uh, Britney watch, Darwin watch, penis watch, serial killer watch. It's all in the way. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. The Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Absent emails. Some people mocking me about using the bridge. Look, Rick, you use a bridge while shooting pool. You cross your legs to the knee. Drive a VW convertible. Paint your nails. Huh? Thanks. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? Rick, a grown man is carrying a small white fluffy dog through a mall. I don't think most people's thoughts are on the picture taking with Santa. You know. Just saying. Uh, let's see. How about this? Um, something about tasing. I had something I was going to read here. It seemed really good. Tasing is so last green. <laughs> it's true. Um, there's something about... Uh, oh, this is from Storm about that swingers meet and greet. Uh, she wants to know how they spell meet. Uh, and finally, we've got this. Rick, I have a story for you. My ex-wife decided she wanted to try that angel social place. Unfortunately, she neglected to include me in her plans. <laughs> In addition, she used she used her name and my name and our home address. Thereafter, we got separated, and I get I got I now get a monthly newsletter from them explaining about my membership dues and what the coming events will be. Ha ha! I'm not calling in about this because my voice is very recognizable. Well, sorry about that. And finally, Rick, I had to get my hair cut this weekend, which is never a great experience for me because a I'm not a wealthy man, and I frequently get terrible haircuts based on the places my wallet lets me go, and b 
I never get a good hairstylist. I usually get the one that will bug you about what you do for a living, and I end up having to try to explain what a data analyst does, which is possibly the most boring and lame conversation ever, and always ends with, well, that's basically just a bunch of computer stuff. This time, I went to a certain haircutting establishment near the Johnson Creek Fred Meyer, and within five minutes of sitting down, the stylist was talking about The Mist, and then asked me if I listened to The Rick Emerson Show. I perked up, and we talked about the show and movies until my haircut was done. I think her name was Shara, and because of The Rick Emerson Show, I've had the best haircutting experience of my entire life. I've only been able to convert some of the people in my office, but from her banter, it sounds like Shara regularly talks to the customers and spreads the Rick Emerson word to the great unwashed masses every day. Uh, apologize to Shara for my inability to properly calculate a tip on the fly. Viva la Emersonia. So that's from Chris. Excellent. And you're living through radio. It's true. Uh, the world of tomorrow, today, at the Ministry of Truth. It's Tim. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Ang Riley. The Canadian pig farming serial killer has been found guilty of killing six women oh, and feeding their bodies to pigs. <laughs> Is this a serial killer watch? I believe so. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Do I have that? I don't. I, we haven't had one in a long time. You know, hold on. I think it's. I think it's over here somewhere. I don't think it's in the system. Is it in the system? I don't know. I don't have the system. <laughs> Which system is it? I was asking. Uh, I was asking Sarah. No, I've got. I it do right not here. see it in the system. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a. Uh, let me just load the clothes. It's time for another exciting serial killer watch. Oh, I guess it would help if I had the computer turned on, huh? What do you think? Sure. Here's your serial killer watch. All right, here's Tim Riley. This comes to us from New Westminster, British Columbia. That's Canada. You wouldn't expect people to kill each other there, but it happened. Uh, during the trial, the prosecution witness said former Willie Picton told him how he strangled his alleged victims and fed the remains to pigs. Health officials once issued a tainted meat advisory who might have bought pork products from his farm, concerned that the meat may contain human remains. <laughs> oh, uh, sausage, now with 30% more whore! Uh, uh, reporter... Jim Goddard with News 1130. That's Jim Goddard? Get. Jim Goddard. Is that like some sort of weird scene in morphing? Is that like a brundle fly kind of a thing? All right. It might be. Okay. He's uh, with uh, News 1130, and Vancouver was in the courtroom this morning. There were cries of anguish and anger from victim family members in the courtroom as a jury foreman announced Pitton was not guilty on all six first-degree murder charges he faced. The foreman then said the seven-man, five-woman panel found Pitton guilty on six counts of second-degree murder. Second-degree murder carries an automatic life sentence with parole eligibility ranging from 10 to 25 years. So I'm on, So when did, did, did all this killing and then the feeding to hogs happen? Does it say? I'm looking here. Because I'm wondering if that's before or after the book and movie Hannibal, in which, because you remember Hannibal, that's that's what happens, where what's-his-name, Mason Berger, is that serial with no lips, and he's like, Hello, uh, the guy who drinks martinis made out of the tears of children, and he has this whole thing about feeding Hannibal to the pigs after killing him. And I didn't think pigs would eat human. I thought that was a thing like they would turn their snouts up at that. I didn't think... These are Canadian pigs. Yeah, but I mean... I don't know if they're the same breed of pig as American pigs. I, I just... I mean, I know, like, wild boars, I think, will do that, but I didn't think, like, regular old pigs... I thought that they were sort of human-like and that they would only eat sort of like normal food, like corn and, and whatnot. And let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. Canadian bacon. Is that bacon at all? 
It's not really bacon, is it? Is that just bacon that's shaped differently, or is Canadian bacon actually... Oh, maybe a... it's a different piece of the uh, the pig. I guess I'm asking you, like, the, the least per qualified person in the I remember, room. I've seen it, what it looks like. I see it delivered to tables. It's sort of like round, thin bacon. I just wonder if it was a wholly separate part of the pig. Anyway, so it is sort of strange... I guess, that's because that's like the third story in about the last two years we've had about somebody killing somebody and then feeding their bodies to pigs. And that's frankly a thing I had never thought of until I read Hannibal. And so I wonder if that's Thomas Harris's everlasting contribution to the serial killer culture. It's that we now have a different way to dispose of our bodies. So he was killing hookers and feeding them to pigs. Yes, he, uh, the 58-year-old pig farmer lured the women to his farm with offers of money and drugs. Then killed them, cut up their bodies, disposed of the remains using the pigs... And they're rendering plant. <laughs> Elaine Allen knew plenty of the victims. It's, it's been one of the most stressful 10 days of my life. Jesus. I know that families have been sitting in there and they haven't had sleep. They've hardly been able to digest a proper meal. They're, this has been a very difficult time. Hopefully those meals didn't include pork products. And apparently it was just like really acceptable that your daughter was a hooker. But the killing, the killing is bad, but the hooking, that was fine. Jesus. I mean, what a weird story. In Canada, you're right. You wouldn't really anticipate that oh. in Canada. They seem like a peaceful people up there. They don't seem like they care attitude. That's a, <laughs> seems like they just sort of sit around getting sap out of trees and so forth. Live and let die or let eat or whatever. Live and let... No, there's something there. And I've already made I've already made the, the bad pun. Have I made the... Nah, never mind. It's too soon. There's always room for more. No, it's too soon. This pun is too bad. This pun that I was going to make is too soon and it's too horrible. So even I, Rick Emerson, have limits. I mean, they're way beyond the limits of the average person, but they're... All right, is that the end of that? That is the end of that. There's your serial killer watch. Really disturbing. Well, a boy's best friend is his mother. Creepy. All right, thanks, Aaron. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Now we go on to an American court where Michael Vick has accepted a sentence of 23 months and will learn from it. That, according to his attorney, Billy Martin. When he returns Billy Martin. back to us, that he cannot in any way do anything that would injure an animal or that would otherwise show that he is not a good member of society. Wait, what? That he can't? Want to play it again? Yes. All right, here it is. Billy Martin. When he returns back to us... Oh, I see. He'll be nice from now on. He cannot in any way do anything that would injure an animal or that would otherwise show that he is not a good member of society. That's going to be difficult for him to do. Yeah, I would say that's going to be, uh, that's going to be a bit of a challenge. Uh, Billy Martin says uh, Michael Vick <laughs> will return. I am willing to say that when Michael gets a second chance, uh-huh. either in society... Or in the NFL, he will take advantage of it. Well, okay. So there you go. So that's a guy you can forget about for a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, FEMA has arrived and is handing out money already. To fix our wicked roads, a million dollars. The rest is going to go to the people of Renonia, who've lost more than 200 houses. And about uh, 400 others are unlivable. Uh, the governor is also going to visit Astoria and other hard-hit coastal areas. Uh, so uh, Renonia is at the top of the list. The other is Tillamook County. Two teenagers have been arrested and charged with arson after graffiti arson and crime spree in Tualatin has come to an end. A Tualatin police officer spotted both boys shortly after midnight. At Southwest 72nd in Tualatin, police officer said he noticed a strange white cloud around the boys and stopped to check things out. 
As they approach, the teens drop spray cans and one fire extinguisher is starting to walk away. By the way, speaking of a big white cloud, yeah. is the best moment from Saturday is when Aaron it was... I don't, I don't want to go back to the whole pool thing because I'm still really embittered about it. But Aaron deciding that what he needed to make his pool game go better was to have these big... You know, there's the thing you chalk the end of the, the cue sti stick with. And then there's, like, the chalk you put on your hands. And they have... The, it's like a big sort of... Um, it looks like a beehive made out of uh, made out of salt. It's just like a big, white, sort of rounded cone. And so Aaron puts his hands on it and just, like, puts more... Like a half a pound of chalk on his hands... And then kind of slaps his hands together, Mr. Miyagi style, like a kind of a thing. And just this huge plume of chalk immediately goes up, which he then inhales, which then gives him this frantic coughing and sneezing fit. He then decides he's got too much chalk on his hands, so he decides he decides to sort of wipe it on his black shirt. And then he has these huge chalky white handprints on his shirt. And, of course, he's really drunk at this point, of course. And then he says, ah, oh, damn it. And so what does he do to try to get the white handprint off his shirt? He then tries to brush it off with his chalk-covered hands. And, and, then he just, and then he just sort of hung his head and descended into, like, weird sort of drunken, weeping giggles. Oh, let's, um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Is this about uh, bacon or horse? <laughs> A little bit of both. Um, okay. the, uh, uh, I can answer your question about the difference between Canadian bacon and regular bacon. Yes, but sir. the definitive explanation of pigs consuming bodies yeah. you can find in the movie Snatch. Okay. Blockhead. Yes. Uh, before you play it, you'll probably need to clean it up because that movie is just filled with... And I've actually never seen... and I, You know, I've never seen that, and I've never seen Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Ever. I've actually not seen either of those. How I sad see, I, that I think the only Guy Ritchie film I've seen is Swept Away. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's terrible. Yes. Well, anyway, Snatch, Snatch is a great movie, uh, and and truly, I mean, anything you want to know. This guy breaks it down by how many pounds a pig can eat a day, and how many, how much the average person weighs, and how many pigs you need to have to get rid of it. I mean, it it's creepy. So I'm all it over will, that. It'll, yeah, clean it up and play it on the radio. It'll be great. Thank you, sir. Bye. All right, uh, one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Actually, you know, <clears throat> Canadian bacon is made from very thinly sliced Canadians. Okay. Yes. It's like Gribbus from a moil. It's chewy. Wait, what? It's like Gribbus from a moil. It's very chewy. Okay. Anyway. Well, that's supposed to be funny. You know, I know. Well, that's true. No, no, no. It's what I get for not looking. I was, I was, just as you started to explain that, I was distracted by a thing. Uh, somebody sent me a, a thing about the Dark Knight Returns. So, okay. So, hey, uh, I'm sorry I missed your humor there. That's all right. It's very obscure Robin Williams quotation. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Lock, stock, two smoking barrels. Go. Very good movie. Excellent movie. Snatch is a great movie. And uh, So is it just when he hooked up with Madonna that his movies went to crap? Pretty much, yeah. Is that the thing? All right. Well, yeah. that's sad for him. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All Goodbye. Right, there you go. Bye now. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Canby firefighters are working to repair a gas leak after an SUV slammed into the house. It happened on North Cedar Street. The car crashed into the home, took out a gas meter, causing neighbors to evacuate. More than 15 homes are empty right now. Uh, what's Al Gore up to, you ask? He is accepting his uh, Nobel Peace Prize today in uh, Norway. He said the earth is falling apart. In the last few months, it has been harder and harder to misinterpret the signs that our world is spinning out of kilter. Major cities in North and South America, Asia, and Australia are nearly out of water due to massive droughts and melting glaciers. Well, that, that's just made up, though. Not necessarily. You could, Things are melting. Well, okay, but you if things can't are make a melting, if things are melting, yes, 
I don't mean to sound unduly confrontational about this. I don't mean to be all Miller on you about this. But if things are melting, how is there less water? That just doesn't make any sense. And also, A, if things are melting, how can there be less water? Like, I'm sure there's an explanation. I just don't know what it is. And B, there isn't, there's no less water. You can't get rid of water. Sure you can. Where would it go? Into the ground. Or evaporation. It can evacuate. But it if it evaporate. evaporates, it just goes into the air. Right. That means there's a shortage of water. But doesn't it, if it go, if water... It come back down again. It does. It's called rain. But what if it doesn't rain? What if you live in the desert in Arizona? Well, you don't have any water there anyway. Well, that's what we're saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm not trying to be jerky about it. I just don't understand. Like, that's where rain comes from. Like, uh, the oceans, lakes, and whatever evaporate into the air. They are absorbed by clouds. The clouds uh, then can no longer sustain the presence of water molecules, and it falls back to Earth as precipitation. So I, it seems like the Earth is kind of a closed system, like that thing they teach you in fifth grade, like one can neither create nor destroy matter, only change its form. I don't think it's physically pot Like, unless we were to put the water on rockets and then just shoot it into outer space, I don't really think we can get rid of water. That's like saying we have a shortage of dirt. I mean, I don't think you can get rid of dirt. I think it just goes somewhere else, doesn't it? You'll change your tune when we run out of water. I'm just... I'm waiting for the day when you're thirsty. <laughs> Remember what you said at 12.17 on December 10th, 2007? It's you like, said we'd never run out of water. It's like that time... It's like that time I was... It'll be like that time I was in California at an IHOP and I asked for more water and the woman said, Really? And this was... God, when would that have been? Maybe like 88? Something like that? I was at an IHOP in Los Angeles and they wouldn't give me any more water. <laughs> And there was a big sign on the table, like, please do not ask for more water if you're not going to drink it. There was a whole, they were like, they were all like in your face about it, too. Like, they did not want to give you, and of course, you never need more water more than when you're in an IHOP, shoveling syrup-covered chocolate chi chip potatoes into, or, you know, pancake things into your mouth and yeah. hash browns. That was about the same time when the landlord said, stay home this afternoon because we're going to put a water-saving device in your toilet tank. It turned out to be a brick. <laughs> I had to take a day off from work to wait for a brick. I could have got up and bought my own brick. <laughs> a water-saving device. A brick. That's wonderful. You know, in L.A., uh, there are, you do hear, I mean, there are things that happen in, I guess not just Los Angeles, but it's contrasted with Portland. Things that don't happen anywhere else, like putting a brick in your toilet tank, mm. being told at a restaurant they won't give you more water, uh, and then being told, stay inside, we're spraying for med flies, where you just can't. Don't leave. Stay in your homes. And when you can't walk outside and you're supposed to cover your car or put it in the garage because they are spraying for med flies and it dissolves flesh and, and paint. So, all right. Uh, no, I was distracted by this. Did you know at I Am Legend, they're going to be showing the prologue for The Dark Knight Returns, or The Dark Knight, rather. I'm calling it The Dark Knight Returns, I think it's the, the Miller uh, book. But IMAX theaters will be showing the opening six-minute prologue of The Dark Knight, which introduces Heath Ledger as the Joker in select theaters. Also, the prologue will be shown before I Am Legend. Oh. Zang. Yay. Uh, Wait, only at select ones? Uh, well, no. I don't think I said that. I thought you said that. I don't, I the word select, that. oh, well, that's, um, that's, I think it's select IMAX theaters. I will, look, here's the thing. I will read you the quote from the office of Warner Brothers. IMAX theaters will be showing the opening six-minute prologue of The Dark Knight, which introduces Heath Ledger as the Joker in select theaters. Well, I don't know what that means. And then it says also the prologue will be shown before I Am Legend. You know, that's a really badly written... I, I don't know what this sentence means, actually. 
Well, let's Who hope it's there it? tonight. Well, Aaron sent this to me, but I'm unsure about whether he has actually excerpted this from the Warner Press attack, uh, release or if he is paraphrasing. Hold on, let me look. Maybe he should drop what he's doing and explain it further. Maybe he should. <laughs> maybe he should get away from that work he's not busy doing. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Where's the? Uh... Come on, maximize. Uh, let's see. The opening six-minute prologue of The Dark Knight, which introduces Heath Ledger, will be shown in its entirely, uh, entirety in IMAX 2D, but in IMAX exclusively in select IMAX... Okay. In, in select IMAX theaters. So, in other words... Oh, some so we of, can't see it. No, 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 no. Listen. <laughs> stop. Well, Lloyd Center does not have an IMAX theater. That's what I'm saying. Okay. You have a Ross dress for less. Now, I'm so unclear reading this now. If it's if it's before I am legend... I thought you knew Smarty Pants. I'm only quoting Warner Brothers. Their syntax is terrible. <laughs> I'm unclear about whether it's before I am legend and then also at select IMAX theaters or if it is before select IMAX showings of I am legend. Oh, I see. Maybe we know. Maybe we can call um, Lloyd Center. Nobody will answer. Maybe we can call, <laughs> we can call Warner. For more information, call Risa Chapnick. Richie? Call Risa Chapnick. Risa, right away. Get Lisa on the phone. Richie, please now to come come into the studio. Richie, get Lisa on the phone. I demand Risa on... If Don, what happened to those pictures? <laughs> I'm trying to do a dedication about a goddamn dead dog. I can't do the voice. It always sounds like Joe Quimby. Um, it does sound like Joe Quimby. I know. Yes, it is true. I embezzled and... Let's see, what does it say? Yes, I embezzled millions of dollars and used them to fund the murder of my political enemies. But as Gabo would say, I'm a bad little boy. Richie uh, Bristol. Hello. Please tell me he's not waiting for the bell. Oh, here he is. I'm sorry. Okay. Hi, Richie. Hello. Hey, I need you to contact somebody for me. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, no, Richie, you probably already called her and has... It's not work. Lisa. It's Risa. Insert joke here. Um, Risa... Goddard? Roddard? Isn't it? See, you want to make the same joke I do. Well, he can. You're Asian. You can make the joke. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Thank you. That was like an itch we all needed to scratch Risha. there. Risha. Hello, Risha. Please don't talk to her. See, you're going to do it now, and then you're accidentally going to talk that way when she answers the phone. Oh, is she Asian? No, but I'm saying, I'm saying if you get into that sort of uh, that tick of talking that way, six, six. All right. Can you read this? Risha Chapnick. All right. Yep. She is the um, she's the press person for Warner Brothers. Can we uh, talk to her real briefly about I am I am I am legend. Legend. <laughs> <laughs> no, see that you now I'm gonna start doing it. Goodbye. Um, if we at some point uh, that would be fantastic. All right. Ex well, can you tell her the, the context? That we just want to find yeah, out the, the Dark Knight. Yeah, and then we're huge nerds Fans. for the Dark Knight and I Am Legend, and we kind of want to know a little bit about when it's going to be playing and where, and the, the prologue and so forth. All right. About the uh, prologue for the Dark Knight and when Richie. we can see that. We're okay. <laughs> Bye now. Bye, Rod. Oh, I can already sense I'd like to join the move. Okay. I think that's a that's a Richie. thing he's not going to be able to turn off. Uh, well, do you want to break? Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, let's break so Sarah can move her car. Back with Tim Riley after this, who has much more news for you. Uh, let's see. What else are we doing? Are these people calling about global warming? Really? It's like four calls about global warming. I shouldn't have brought it up. What, is Ed Schultz in a break or something? It's a no-win situation. No, nah, it's fine. All right. Uh, let's see. Back after this with Tim Riley.
So, uh, let's see. Well, we'll just go ahead and make this announcement. I meant to get this announced earlier, actually. Hold on a second. Do we have... The hell is my, uh... So, we should say, coming up next Friday, that is not this Friday, the 14th, but next Friday, the 21st. Uh, the, it's the worst drum roll ever. It sounds so bad. It's like a cat. It really doesn't keyboard. sound that bad. Next Friday, the 21st, the Rick Emerson radio program will be the uh, please. And I don't want to give the title away because the title is hilarious, but it almost sort of gives away a little bit too much what it's going to be. I think the title might, I think it might be like how they do action movies now, where the movie just starts and at the end it finishes and then the title comes up at the screen, the end of the film. The title almost gives away. Are you going to tell us? I'll tell you here in just a second. Uh, next Friday, the 21st, the Rick Emerson Show will be uh, performing um, a live radio play uh, for the Christmas season. I want to call it live radio drama because that makes it sound too serious, but it does have some pathos. So, uh, it, but a dramedy, a live radio dramedy, uh, a live radio play. Now, of course, you know we've been doing for the last few years behind the Christmas, which is great, which I'm still very proud of, and we'll be playing that probably on Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, we will probably play. Santa Claus behind the Christmas on Friday the 21st, which is the last day that a lot of people are going to be in town. Some people are going to be leaving town the 21st. I know Sarah actually is, and I don't know about Tim. Tim, are you leaving town on the 21st, or are you going to be? I'll be here on the. I'll be here on that Friday. All right. Uh, so yeah, so on Friday the 21st, which is kind of the last big day before everybody sort of heads out, uh, we will be performing an original radio production. Uh, everything done live, music, sound effects, acting, uh, everything done live. Um, so I. You know, so it would help if it was written at some point. So I got to buckle down and make sure that it gets written. Yeah, uh, we can it. <laughs> uh, so that will be Friday. That mark your calendars, circle it. Uh, the Rick Emerson Holiday Extravaganza happens Friday the 21st, uh, climaxing with a live radio play, uh, which will be performed uh, here on the air in this studio. So that's coming up. Um, Outstanding. All right. Well, let me write down the title for you guys, and then you'll t- you tell me it's. I think it's it's a great title, but it's like the title actually gives away. Uh, let's see. We may not speak this title to anyone. Mm. Do you see why it's funny? But why it gives away? Uh, uh, I don't see what. Why is it funny? Why is it funny? I barely knew her. Oh. <laughs> That's why. Okay. <laughs> So, I don't know. I mean, so it is, it's, it's a takeoff. I know that we're talking no, about a thing you can't see. the day of, probably. All right. So, That's this is the title. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. So, we won't give the title away. But coming up Friday the 21st, uh, there will be an, as of the title, not announced yet, but a, a live radio uh, drama, we'll call it. We'll just call it a live radio drama. Uh, well, drama produce... makes it sound like it's not going to be funny. I, I, I don't know what to call it. The live radio, radio theater. A live radio, live radio theater. Live radio sitcom, whatever. Live radio production, though. Uh, right here uh, on the Rick Emerson program. This is Friday the 21st. Police of the air. Exactly. So we'll be, but, and we're going to try to make a whole day of it. Uh, we're going to do the, the music and the whatnot and the singing and the dancing and the hey, hey. So, uh, so that is Friday the 21st. So uh, circle that on your calendar right now. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So now they're trying to get someone. The, uh, the general manager of Triomet says... He is looking uh, to limit free rides on the max trains in Fairless Square between 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. That's what he wants to do. Why doesn't he eliminate them all the time? All the trouble comes at night, but it's only from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. that he wants to eliminate Fairless Square for now. He finally understands that, quote, Fairless Square provides a free ride for panhandlers, drunk dealers, and rowdy gangs of young people, the homeless and drunks. 
have used TriMet as a shelter and a place to do their business. Speaking of that, why on earth is TriMet running at 4.07 in the morning and 2.14 in the morning? Is this, this, is, this is not the Max, this is TriMet? No, this is the blue line. This is the Max. Okay, and it's running when? Trains. These trains run at 4.07 in the morning. Is that the one that goes to the airport? This is the one that goes, uh, let's see, it goes from Portland, uh, it goes all the way from the west side to the east side. So it, it starts at the Hatfield Government Center in Hillsboro and goes all the way to Chinatown. Imagine somebody at the no. Hatfield Government Center at 2.14 a.m. thinking, take me to Chinatown, stat! I mean, that's somebody up to no good. Let's just call it what it is. 407 a.m. <laughs> Who is riding on the max at 407 a.m. You know what that is? To that's... the Hatfield Government Center to downtown. I think uh, two words, Tim. Mobile Flophouse. Mm-hmm. That's totally what that 407 a.m. For just the, for the price of a cup of coffee, you two can have a place to sleep for like five hours. Actually, you can because you can ride this thing continuously. You're good. So it runs at, still at 2 in the morning and at... I should say, as early as late as 2 in the morning and as early as 4 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So hmm. why, why is this thing open this early well, it, and so late? And it seems like it can't possibly be a money-making proposition at 4 or 2 in the morning or whatever. Well, what's happening lately is people jump off in decent neighborhoods in the middle of the night. And by decent, you mean your neighborhood? Yes. And they cause all kinds of chicanery. Well, I noticed some graffiti <laughs> on the side of a bandstand. <laughs> That our neighbors wouldn't do. At what point, Tim, do you suppose you became the man? When, when exactly in your life did I had? I actually made a note to myself about this. Why is that? Uh, I made this note yesterday. When it said a note to self for Monday. When did I become the man? Uh, I don't mean the man like you, the man. I mean the man like look out, here comes the man. Uh, well, I'm just saying, people can't be up to decent things at 4.07 a.m. or 2 in the morning writing public transfer. Why is it operating? <laughs> Why am my tax dollars being used for a bunch of layabouts? Uh, and this global warming is a myth. Uh, liberal propaganda. No, I had this uh, this moment uh, yesterday uh, when I was walking into the mall downtown, and there was a guy out front, and I'm unclear about whether he was panhandling or whether he was just scruffy and collecting for some kind like he was collecting for charity, but he just looked like a kind of a ragamuffin. Uh, and he was just sort of unshaven and just like wearing like a beat up army jacket and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he like had some kind of leaflet that he had and then like his hand out. And I, I I wasn't clear about whether he was like one of those homeless guys who's like selling the paper or whatever, or if he was just like wanted you to give him money or, or if he was collecting for the, le- the so-called less fortunate or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but so there I am. Just looking like a tool, you know. I got the, I got the new. I just got my hair cut, so I've got like, you know, I'm all, I'm all fashionably styled. I've got my, my, uh, my Banana Republic like wool coat on. I've got my, uh, my dumb scarf. I totally look like Louis. Very preppy. I look like Louis Winthorpe in Trading Places. I'm walking into the mall, and I'm walking into the mall specifically to go into the Sharper Image Store, which of course is where you buy like a nine thousand dollar back scratcher or whatever, you know. Or in my case, like, how much are these lightsabers? Three hundred go to these places to play. Three hundred and fifty dollars. I'll take two of them. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm walking in, the guy's like, "Sir, do you have any spare change for?" And all I heard was like, "Spare change for dot dot dot." And I was like, "No, no time. Sorry." And so I'm walking in. You know, I'm sorry. I have. Oh, I don't even think I said I had no time. I think I said like, "No, I'm sorry. I don't have any money." As like I'm preemptively reaching into my pocket to bring out my wallet so that I can you know see what I can buy at the Sharper Image Store with my many credit cards and cash. Mm-hmm. 
That's what Christmas is all about. I know, and so I'm waving away the scruffy guy who needs money for something or other so that I can walk into the sharper image while wearing my Banana Republic outfit, uh, you know, to, like, buy some crap that I don't need at vastly marked-up prices. And I actually sort of stopped. Don't let the poor ruin your Christmas. No, I, I don't. Uh, and I sort of, they only ruin my Christmas when they talk to me or try to look me in the eye. Mm-hmm. And I actually, the more I stopped and I said, have I become the man? And if so, when did this happen? And then I quit worrying about it and I went and I bought a smoothie. Good for you. Uh, there you go. Fantastic. Best Christmas ever. Who wants to hear about global warming? No oh, one? boy. Great. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hi. Oh, please tell me this is not a funny voice call. Nope. No, I think he was mocking oh. Ray. Oh. oh. I'm not uh, uh, Alan, Alan Einstein or anything, but if I drink no, a gallon really? of water, you, well, no. If I drink a gallon of water. Let's I hold don't... on before we continue. Let's stop. Is this a bit? Are you yeah, rehearsing? Are you rehearsing material? Oh, this is the Christmas show. Absolutely not. Okay, this is not like a, you're not rehearsing a bit that you're going to be doing at an open mic later. <laughs> yeah, if uh, Dante's will have me. Okay, so you were your observation about global warming and water. Go ahead. You're, you're on your observation about water. I yeah. drink a gallon of water. I don't pee out a gallon of water. So where does that go? Into your body, and then it comes out in the form of sweat. Or tears. <laughs> sweet, sweet, succulent um, tears. So <laughs> you, put it, you put it in a gallon of water in a plant. It doesn't rain on itself. What? Where is the point, point in this in this call? You're like, if this, if you know the water evaporates, doesn't it rain back down? I'm saying you can't make more water, but you can't get rid of water. Like it's that's what I'm saying. You can like a machine. You put water in a machine and it evaporates. Well, it evaporates, but it's not going to rain inside. I mean, you think it goes like through the roof of the building and then rains <laughs> later. I mean, water does get taken up and used up. It, it doesn't get away. used up. Just because it evaporates into the air where you can't see it doesn't mean it's gone. That's like saying that when you exhale, you can't see the air, so therefore it's gone. <laughs> mm. You stumped me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, say- I'm not saying people don't waste water sometimes in the sense of using more than they need. I'm saying you can't get rid of water. All you can do is change its form. You can turn water to ice, ice to slush, slush to water... It evaporates, it becomes rain, it comes back down, it becomes your sweet tears or whatever. But you can't get rid of it. You, it's impossible. And literally, unless we boxed it up and shipped it into space, you can't get rid of water. So the idea that the Earth is running out of water is just made up. That just doesn't, that can't happen. Oh, man. Spoken, spoken like a true nerd. I'm just saying. I Look, I don't really know much about science. I'm just saying it, it, you, you can't get rid of matter. Matter cannot be destroyed. Darn it. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's all sad. You ruined some of his day. I like how you're sad that we're not running out of water. Like, now what you're if, really disappointed. But if pigs eat it, then it's disappeared, right? Uh, see, good. Okay, see the good way to close the circle, though. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That was a funny call. Mm-hmm. All right, he's done. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, the FBI is backing a plan for Las Vegas Mob Museum. The Mob Museum will stand as frank acknowledgement of the major role that the mobsters played in developing Vegas. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. Let's be brutally honest, warts and all. There's more than legend, it's fact, says the mayor, Oscar Goodman. A former defense attorney whose clients once included mobsters Meyer Lansky and Anthony Tony Deant. There's uh, something that differentiates us all from other cities. The project has gained support from the FBI and is guided by a former retired FBI agent. They say they're involved because they can't tell the stories of Bugsy Siegel, his banker Lansky, casino boss Frankie Lefty Rosendahl, and others without telling the story of the lawmen who pursued them. So uh, it's going to be fun. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, they brokered a deal to buy the building in 2000 for uh, a dollar. Now, oh, let's see here. It doesn't say what the building is, though. That is so great, though, that they're going to have a mafia oh, a museum. It's a cultural center for the mafia. That is, <laughs> that is so great. So the renovations the... will cost $50 million. I wonder if they'll give you free personality tests when you walk by. Oh, that is wonderful. And Tony the Ant Spilatro, by the way, that's the character played by Joe Pesci in the movie Casino. Mm-hmm. Tony the Ant is the guy who put the guy's head in the vice. Uh, and it was him beaten to death in a cornfield. So uh, that's wonderful. A mob museum. I am completely... Man, I saw the best thing for sale yesterday. Um, you know how they're always like, you know, the, 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 the death of CDs and physical me- media and so forth? Mm-hmm. I saw a CD package yesterday that it, it, I was out kind of, uh, you know, I didn't want to do that sort of Alvin and the Chipmunks thing where it's like I'm, you know, buying gifts for others and then I end up buying something for myself. But they had the best thing. It was a Frank Sinatra box set. It was $99, and it was all of the Sinatra concept albums. In other words, all of his albums that he did tied together by one theme, like... um like Come Fly With Me and uh, In the Wee Small Hours, which is one of my favorite Frank Sinatra records. Uh, it was 14 different Frank Sinatra concept records uh, for 99 bucks, which is, I think is like $8.99 a disc or something. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's like a big box set of every Frank Sinatra concept record, $99.99. Uh, so it's, uh, it was really, really good. So that's out there. You ought to, uh... And then they had that, we- well, never mind. Anyway, so, so the, the Sinatra thing, you should look into that. It's fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. So church officials in Colorado Springs say two teens killed at New Life Evangelical uh, megachurch yesterday were from the same family. Uh, let's see here. Let's uh, talk to the pastor of uh, New Life named Boyd. He said if not for the actions of a security guard, the government would have done far more damage. This was after they went to the church afterwards. This was the second shooting. She was a, a member. Uh, she's highly trained. But she's a volunteer member of our church who simply her role at the church was to provide security. And she did her job yesterday. She's a real hero. So they have armed guards at their church? And it was their own gun. Kind of, she, was, she was a tough broad. Kind of church they said if, if it wasn't for the actions of the security guard, the government would have, uh, the government would have done far more damage. He had enough ammunition and, uh, on him to cause a lot of damage. And she rushed toward the attacker and um, took him down in the hallway. Jesus, don't screw with that church. No. All right, then. Uh, one parishioner is already ready to forgive the gunman this app. I don't know what his motives were. At the same time, like, we just have to, as Christians, our, our mission is to reach out to people just like that. Fool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's reach out to people just like that. <laughs> whatever, whatever you say, friend, it's your funeral, uh, so to speak. Now, going back to this uh, mission thing, the director, Peter Warren, said Tiffany Johnson died after talking with the gunman and trying to get him to leave. Tiffany was the head of our hospitality uh, department. Just a wonderful young lady. Big dimples. You know, back in the background. Well, all right. Uh, the, what is it? The reaching out to the government, trying to talk it. You know, the, 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 if you've got to. I mean, really, I think everybody does need to follow the Israeli model, where if you just look at them askance long enough, they will just shoot you in the head, and then you're not a problem anymore. So, uh, Jesus. And they never miss a chance to shoot someone, and they're always successful. It's true. Well, we've given them the best weapons. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. The Church of the Loaded Gun. I love it. Um, I wanted to. I got a, a, a quick story for Tim. You were talking about panhandlers. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, and uh, years ago, I was in Eugene. I lived there. And across the street from the Saturday Market is the federal building. I don't know why, but there's just all kinds of shenanigans going on over there all the time. I'm over there, uh, uh, and uh, there's a kid, two kids sitting there, uh, about maybe I don't know, 16 years old. They got the dog with the jute leash and everything, you know, and. Um, the guy's sitting there on the steps of the federal building, and he's got a bunch of change, 
you know, nickels, dimes, quarters, right? They're all laying on the steps, and he has them shaped like a peace sign, and there's a few of them missing, right? And he's like, can you help us? You know, can you help us? You know, you, what, you, you gather and change for peace or what? And so I said, yeah, I can help you. I said, the problem is you don't have enough change here. You need to make the circle smaller. <laughs> Excellent. Great observation. The other thing is, yeah. um, has Sarah gone out and seen Gold or Golden Compass yet? No, no one has gone no, to see no. Golden Compass. I was Wait, supposed to this weekend. Well, things change, I, and I didn't get to see it. And you were I warned watched, not to see it anyway. I know. I watched, and it was a I tough watched, movie. I watched a horrible copy of it online last night, and it was a very good movie. Really? I liked it a lot. I, if Sarah liked, um, oh, what's that movie she really, really liked? Oh, please don't you know. say Labyrinth. No, not Labyrinth, but the one with the big dog, you know, and the bowling. Oh, the Neverending Story? Yeah. How core? I mean, they've got like they've got like you know, it's just really amazing. They've got like you know, uh, 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 polar bears and armor, you know, and it's just really cool. It's just, I liked it a lot. I think I think Sarah at least will get I get a big kick out of it. Cool. Well, all right. Then. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye now. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, Gordon Brown yesterday delivered a stirring festive message to the boys in Iraq. Happy Christmas. Your war is over. The prime minister was cheered as he praised U.S. troops and uh, revealed combat operations in Bosnia will uh, end within two weeks. Iraqi troops will take over as the 4,500 strong British forces switch from frontline duties to a training role. By next year, the contingent in South Iraq will be cut to 2,500 and may be withdrawn that completely by March. In the meantime, speaking to a press conference with the Afghan president, Kazai, remember the guy with the funny hat? He's still the president there. Brown said military support will continue so the people of Afghanistan will uh, have a stake in their future. Our support will continue over these next few years uh, to make it possible for not only the security of the Afghan people, uh, but also the economic and social development of your country so that people can have a stake in the future. Okay, he sounds like some creepy movie villain who I can't quite place. It's something like he ought to be uh, uh, sort of a not not so funny now, funny man kind of a guy, but yeah. not exactly that. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Hi, Rick. This is this is Mark. I'm the uh, IMAX theater director. Please tell me Aussie. that. Please tell me that Richie Bristol told you to start the call that way. No, no. Yeah, he well, he did kind of, but I was thinking of it on the way when I was driving to make the call. All right then. Uh, so you are the IMAX. You are the what at the, the what now? I am the IMAX, the Omnimax Theater Director at the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry. Wait, hold on. Let me understand this. So you're from the Oregon Museum of Science and Industry, and you're actually calling and being nice to us. I am. Thank you. Excellent. Wonderful. Um, I'm actually, and to be, I have to be totally upfront with you here. Uh -huh. I listen to you guys all the time during my lunch hour. Excellent. Fantastic. Well, and if anybody wonders why I say that, we have done many exciting events with you guys. We did the, uh, the Body Worlds thing, uh -huh. and uh, the Star Wars deal, and uh, some of the cast members from the show, Tim and Sarah both, I believe, are the voices of the Moneyville exhibit. For yeah. no pay. For no, for no pay. <laughs> um, and for the longest time, though, we tried to get somebody from OMSI to, to be our go-to science guy, like a... You know, so when I ask a question about, like, what happens when you burn a match in zero gravity? Does uh -huh. it snuff itself out? And, like, we couldn't everybody, get anybody to cooperate on that front. So I'm glad well, you're calling. Uh, I'll, I'll, let me see if I can pull some strings Thank inside you, and see if we can get you a contact. God bless you. Yeah, if we had said somebody to answer, like, nagging science questions, that would be great. That would be cool. Um, okay, so what is the deal with I Am Legend and the Dark Knight and the six-minute trailer and the Hey Hey? Uh, what, what they're talking about when Warner Brothers puts out those releases... Um, it means that you have to go see the IMAX version of I Am Legend, and you will see the trailer for Dark Knight on the front 
of that film. Now, is that uh, at just at select IMAX theaters, or is that at when any IMAX theater showing I Am Legend? When they say that, any IMAX theater showing I Am Legend. That's why they. That's what they mean by select IMAX. Theaters. Okay. All right. Okay. Because when you when they put out information now playing in IMAX theaters, yeah, that means you'll you'd be able, we have every you know every person in the universe thinking we are now playing I Am Legend at at OMSI. Right. When we can't because Warner Brothers puts it so far out of our price range that we can't actually show the film. All right. So here's a dumb question: Are you guys showing I Am Legend? We can't. Oh, okay. Because it's just because they price it so high that it doesn't really work. Right. The percentage that they want of our door puts the museum into the red. Yeah, a bunch of weasels. And and so it just we we were unable to do um, most of the Hollywood releases that they offer. Well, they're dead to me. Well. It's it's just the it's the movie biz and and it's it's their little game and 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 you know their IMAX is going through a bunch of different things right now. Their big push is to put out these uh, these IMAX mini digital uh, 3D theaters. Right. And it's it's uh, they aren't shooting in the traditional 1570 large format. Um, they're actually taking what's the the IMAX DMR product and blowing it up to be on a screen that's just a little tiny bit bigger than so this is like 35 millimeters. This is like when I take a tiny little uh, JPEG or something on my desktop and I try to enlarge it and it just becomes a big blurry uh, wash. What are you guys? Uh, so what? What are you guys showing right now? Well, right now we're showing the National Geographic film Sea Monsters, which is very cool. Excellent. I am totally there. Sea monsters. And I'm all uh, and we're also running Antarctica along with it uh, to go along with the ends of the Earth uh, exhibit on the main floor. Fantastic, um, and we have a an ocean film festival coming up in January. Cool. Well, we'll be uh, we'll uh, talk about the, that as we get closer to things. I'm I'm a total nerd for that kind of stuff. So well, well, thank you for uh, being a supporter of the museum. All right. And uh, if you ever have questions about uh, IMAX releases or anything, please feel free to give me a call at the museum. Excellent. Thank Excellent. you, Mark. We appreciate it. All righty. All right. There you go. That's uh, Mark, uh, the IMAX director. Uh, at OMSI. Okay, so OMSI not showing I Am Legend, but apparently if you ever, if you do see a place showing I Am Legend in IMAX, that will have the Dark Knight uh, six minutes, the opening six minutes. Maybe it'll be the same place that is showing Beowulf. Maybe. I still haven't seen that. It's one of those things that I just, I keep I keep meaning to see it so well, I can talk about it. You've got to see when it's in the theater so you don't have to watch it on DVD. Somebody told me that if you see it without the 3D, it's just pointless. That it's just, it's just, there's mm. really no reason. All right, here's Tim Riley. So John McCain is uh, praising the decision by the Justice Department to investigate why the CIA destroyed videotapes that show the interrogation of terrorism suspects. It was on Fox News Sunday, and he said it already hurts the damaged image of the U.S. around the world. It harms the credibility and the moral standing of America in the world again. There will be skepticism and cynicism all over the world about how we treat prisoners and whether we practice torture or not. We don't torture. No, of course not. said that. Torture. Torture. Uh, Hillary, uh, Hillary Clinton's campaign has requested the resignation of a second Iowa volunteer who forwarded a hoax email saying Barack is kind of activity or campaigning. And as soon as it came <coughs> to our attention, we asked this individual to step down. Well, well the and it just... The idea that they... They must just get volunteers from anywhere, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just supposed to be like... It doesn't matter. Well, do you have a pulse? Yes, come in and forward some crap for us. And that's exactly the kind of stuff uh, that Lara's mom is always sending us to. Just a whole bunch of just, like, meandering garbage from the Internet. Oh, God, I just got the worst. Listen to this. This is what happens when you have a public email address. 
I just got another great radio interview. Here's how you know that something is not going to be a great radio interview when it's labeled great radio interview. Rick, God, this is like it was just every cringe inducing. Rick, forget emailing. Kids these days, it actually kids says because we know <laughs> it actually contains the phrase kids these days. I mean, right there, I can quit reading. Rick, forget emailing. Kids these days are. You will never guess what kids these days are doing. Forget emailing. Kids these days are blogging and socially interacting online. You know what you call it? Call it the MySpace generation. Now, it gets in probably worse. A savvy mom of two has. Oh, God. <laughs> a savvy mom of two. I bet she's a rock and roll mom. I bet she's a hip mom. Has made it safe for kids to connect online. And she's a great interview on how to keep children safe on the Internet. They must have, like, finally got their claws in your email address because I get those all day, every Jesus. day. Well, they'd love to set up an interview. Jeanette Simons created blah, blah, blah dot com, the first social networking site designed for kids 8 to 14. Think of it as a kitty MySpace. She's an expert on Internet safety for kids. Jesus. God almighty. Kids these days are blogging. <laughs> Darn those kids these days. And they're, and they're incessant blogging. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. That's what all we, I uh... get all day. Like, Let's see. A life for career change for the new year. Um... Yeah, I delete I, almost all of them. I get I get that stuff all the time. That's 10 tips for surviving the holiday season. EDiets.com early New Year's resolution story idea. Media alert, kid inventors and entrepreneurs wanted. Were you, were you the one or was it me? I got that interview request. It was from that woman who wrote like, you know, it was that book about like called like how to be a bitch. But it bitch was like an acronym for like being in total control happiness, something or other. <laughs> Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Oh, is that that book, Skinny Bitch? I got emails on that like every day. No, 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 but that's that's a different thing. I think, I think, was it Lara telling me about that or something? There's some book. Is that the, is it a diet book? Yeah. And it's called Skinny Bitch, and it's a whole lot of like, apparently Oprah was talking about it. It's all the rage among the Oprahites. It was a whole lot of, because I guess it's it's like, it's it's the other thing I hate. It's something, it's blank, 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 with attitude. Here's two things I hate. Things that are with attitude and things that are extreme. And apparently it's this is not extreme, but it is with attitude. Uh, it's like, a, you know, it's a rock. And it's, dieting is the new black. Or, you know, it's like one of those things. Here's Tim Riley. Well, the Cloochy Creek Giant is no longer America's largest Sitka spruce. But state forestry officials in Oregon hope people can learn from what's left of the severely damaged tree. So they erected a fence around it, and you can look at this broken tree from a distance. Doesn't this look educational? From a distance. Hey, look, it's a broken tree. I feel like I've really learned something today. They're erecting a fence around this broken tree so people can become educated about it. What radio station? Uh, what radio? What TV station is that? Uh, that that's uh, KGW. I think KGW is the same uh, station that did that thing, that hard-hitting piece last week where they found a bird that sings like the Backstreet Boys. Oh, that's an old story, though. Really? Is it? Yeah, are they I just had online like weeks ago. Are they late to the party on this? Yeah. All right. I have to find it. I never did watch it. Hold on. Backstreet. See if I can uh, see what Backstreet. That I don't think I've actually looked at the. Uh, I don't think I ever watched that story. 
It's a it's a singing dancing bird. Let me ask you this: What is it that we're supposed to learn from the broken tree? <laughs> They're not sure. Okay. <laughs> it's that things break. Well, trees are supposed to be educational for some reason. I cannot figure out why. Then you can see the rings inside of the tree. You know, there's a lot of crap that they always say is educational, and it just never really is. Like, you're supposed to look at it and go, well, I really feel that I've... Like when they show you, like, the life cycle of a rose. Beep. And then it's like a like a time-lapse thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's see here if I can... Um... Now, is this... Okay, so this isn't a bird that sings like the Backstreet Boys. This is a bird that dances to the Backstreet Boys. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's much less interesting. I don't care about that. Uh, screw this. I'm not going to watch that. Dead to me. Ah, Don't waste the... your time. I'm not. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. This is Bill. Hello. Hey, uh, that uh, church in Colorado Springs, that's Ted Haggard's church. We yes. Already mentioned yes, that. it is. Oh, man. There's a bunch of nutcases there back there in Colorado, I guess. So I'm told. <laughs> hey, good show. Thanks. Thank you. Bye now. All right. Anytime you have a landlocked state, that's all the crazies live. <laughs> It's true. Well, you know, anything and, not exposed to the sea what, is very troublesome. Seamus is right between those two churches too. Mm-hmm. That's the creepy thing. People are always afraid from people outside wanting to take over their little swamp grounds. Well, it is Colorado is just sort of like Utah, uh, but you know, with fewer mountains. I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of it. Uh, the uh, you know, Seamus. There's like one church where the shooting happened, and then Seamus's house, and like another church. So the guy, like literally, I think at one point, like walked by Seamus's front window, like, <laughs> like on his way to do a. Because oh. was it the same guy? Or was it two They're brothers? not sure. Well, whatever. Some pack of nutcases. So uh, so there you go. So Seamus is already making plans for his funeral, uh, you know, when he is undoubtedly killed by some bitter, crazed loner in Colorado uh, who has an AK-47 that he bought for hunting. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Oh, hey, the British guy talking about Afghanistan that you said sounded like a movie villain? Yeah. Sounds exactly like James Earl Jones, um, maybe even Darth Vader. Yeah, I see. That was my first thought. But he, I, maybe I need to hear it sort of processed and like this. But, yeah, he did have a little bit of that going on. It was somebody I couldn't quite play, so maybe I was thinking of, of Darth Vader. Oh, yes. Okay, and I have a question. Yeah. For somebody, for some, like, with it mom that seems to be concerned about Internet safety, isn't that a little um, questionable on the Internet to make some site that gathers a whole bunch of 8- to 14-year-olds? Totally. And, and really... Let me just say this: If you're marketing some sort of uh, MySpace type site for eight to, or seven to fourteen year olds, I'm just saying, anytime you're doing anything online that is solely and f- totally for and about little children, I would leave the word "kitty" out of it. That's just color me, call me crazy. I would leave "kitty" uh, out of that phrase because that's going to raise the attention of somebody somewhere. And how many people do you think actually registered to the site once you get it up are actually going to be in that age range and not some 45-year-old weirdo that lives in a basement? Totally. That's the other thing that I was thinking about because, by the way, we're not going to be having this woman on to answer any of these questions. I'll simply raise (laughs) them with no resolution. A, it's a whole site for 7- to 14-year-olds. Well, by definition, they don't have driver's licenses or credit cards, so you can't verify their age which means that anybody can sign up for it probably, which means that it's just going to be a lot of trench coats. That's going to be a whole lot of guys with bad hair and pasty skin signing up and going, I'm eight years old and I love Sailor Moon. <laughs> so there you go. All right. All right. Thank you. Breaking Bye. news. Do we have break? Is it real breaking news? Hold on. No. Uh, hold on. Let me just uh, hear some breaking uh, news, ladies and gentlemen. We're confirmed to go see the Ask Club on, four, on Thursday at 4 o'clock. Fantastic. Is that, is that a premiere? Are you in? <laughs> They're going to be showing Dark Knight there. The Simpsons are going to the Ass Club. 
Uh, excellent. Sa- ass Club. Thank you, Richie. I am so excited. I was really tempted to bleep out when we were going because you just know there's going to be some guys is this hanging around. A happy hour. It's going to be some people hanging. It's every hour is happy hour at that club. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, happy ending hour. Uh, the because uh, you know there's going to be some guys standing around. Front. So uh, you should take me in with you. So uh, that's not going to happen, by the way. I hate to sound like Lycus broadcasting from the Playboy Mansion, but if you just show up out front, if we're not taking you in with us, <laughs> that's just not going to happen. Uh, no offense. All right. Well, well done, Richie. Excellent. Richie's just getting stuff done. And then Storm's going to be in that day anyway, right? On Thursday? Yeah, she has, she has her show on Thursday. I think, oh. um, I don't know, do you want me to see if she can come in on Thursday? Yeah, I think she'd asked about swinging by. Uh, so there you go. Here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. Well, listen to this. Uh, thousands of prospective voters turned down for Illinois Senator Barack Obama's four campaign rallies in Iowa, uh, South Carolina, and New Hampshire over the weekend. Some were there to see the candidate. Others came to get a glimpse of Oprah. I believe he is the one. Oh, God. Barack Obama! Oh. <laughs> okay, that's our end of show clip, I think, because it's funny. I... Have you noticed? Have you noticed how um, she just turns that accent on and off, though, depending on what audience she's talking mm-hmm. to? I guess so. Because she's from South Carolina. I don't mm-hmm. feel no way. Exactly. She puts on the Hillary. Very good reference. She puts on the Hillary voice sometimes mm-hmm. when she wants to appeal to like the common woman. I think because I think Oprah is, in her defense, I think she is from South Carolina, um, but it, occasionally. That accent just comes out, but it is always when she is talking about growing up as a girl, when she's talking to somebody poor and stupid, uh, or when she is attempting uh, to, um, I don't know, to dispense, like, earthy wisdom, uh, you know. She tries she... to be a female Larry the Cable guy. Exactly. Oh, what a horrible thing to say. I wouldn't wish that description on anybody. Basically, that's what she's doing. Trying to be a blank, blank, blank Larry the Cable guy. How to communicate with the great unwashed. Jesus. And make you think you're one of them. Um, so, uh, and you know what she sounds like there at the end when she does that Barack Obama? She sounds like that, um, what is that, that take me out Latina style thing that Lycus does? I forget what it exactly is, but there's that, is the, like the Latin woman like shouting something at the top of her lungs and it ends with a whole little, that ends with the weird upward inflection. Can you play that one more time? Sure, and I got more too. Excellent. <laughs> I believe he is the one. Barack Obama! <laughs> oh, that's just great. Oh, it's terrible. Oh, that, it's so embarrassing. And I, I, I have all the respect. I sound like Brian Jennings. I have all the respect in the world for Oprah. I really do. I have bottomless respect for Oprah Winfrey. And I mean that sincerely. Um, Oprah Winfrey, to me, is like David Bowie. All the respect in the world don't really care to enjoy the, 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 the product they put out. Uh, but... Uh, but, you know, whatever. Okay, so what else does Oprah have to say? Oh, she's kind of like a Jim Jones without the Kool-Aid. He understands that he can bring us all together. Jim Jones with books. As one United States of America. Where is she speaking? Because it sounds like there's a thousand people there. Yeah, it doesn't specify. She's either in South Carolina, New Hampshire, or Iowa. Oprah is everywhere. She's like Elvis. Uh, she appeared to be very fired up. And I am running for president of the United States. This time, because I want to summon the entire nation around a higher purpose, rally us around a higher destiny. That's why I'm running for President of the United States. He shouldn't shout. It doesn't really work. No. He, she can pull that off. He shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I cannot wait to talk to Lisa Desjardins about this, because you got to wonder, 
you got to wonder what, because that's the first time she has ever endorsed anybody. She has never endorsed a political candidate before. So you got to wonder how many votes that moves. Because, you know, every election's within 500,000 votes, typically. I mean, the last one was uh, 150,000 votes. If you go to Powell's, you'll see any book she recommends empty all the time. Oh, empty. it's gone. Gone, gone, baby, gone. I mean, it, it, look at it. And I, again, and I'm not trying to... Follow my flock. And like many, and unlike people, I do not knock the Oprah Book Club. I think, you know, whatever gets to people to read is fine. And you know what? Uh, I myself have read more than a couple books that, you know, not because they were Oprah selections as such... I uh, always read books that actually, like that I don't realize are Oprah Book Club books. And then you then... realize you're like, oh no! And you kind of want to cover it up because mm-hmm. you're sort like, of you're sort of embarrassed because you want to look like you know I found this work my own. I don't need Oprah to tell me what to read. It's sort of like how you don't ever want to buy a book that has the movie front cover because you want to look like I found this great piece of fiction. I don't need you know I don't need Warner Brothers to tell me what to read. That's the great exciting. thing about Powell's is that they have the used copies of the book too, so you can have the option to totally. get like the movie cover. So it doesn't. Or the old one. Now a major motion picture with Matt Damon. Ugh. Uh, but like I remember reading um, uh, the Corrections, which is an Oprah book, and then God Bastard Out of Carolina, which is just the word that that book is like just being kicked in the soul over and over and over and over again. Uh, and then uh, God, and then I suffered through. Here's here's what a man I am. I suffered through um, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood and just wanted to jab out my eyes on every page. Well, I, I know, I know, book. I know, I know, I know. And I hate to be all court not liking Youth and Revolt on you. I just didn't care for it. But I read it because my wife wanted me to read it, and her recommendations are usually pretty good. But boy, I disliked that book. Yeah, I read it like a year before they just they made the movie, a year or two before. And right. it broke my heart. Just like White Oleander. I loved that book. And then it just sucked. And then, film. yeah, you can't find a copy anymore without Michelle Pfeiffer on the front of it. Yeah. I uh, I really liked Bastard Out of Carolina. Uh, oh, that I, book is hard. See, and I did not care for Divine Secrets, though. I just not the, I think it's just too, I'm just too, it's just not a guy book, I think. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Time for a penis watch. Fantastic. Watch the penis. Here's uh, Tim Riley uh, and the uh, with the guy with the penis watch. Penis. Penis. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Here. My troubles start a melting away. I take a look at my enormous penis. Ain't everything is going my way. A man cut off his penis with a knife in a packed London restaurant. Look, <laughs> hasn't this happened before? <laughs> yes. Hmm. Uh, police uh, were forced to use CS gas to restrain the man when they entered the ZZ restaurant. Metropolitan police said the man was aged between 30 and 40 and his injuries were self-inflicted. The man was taken to a hospital in South London where his condition is stable. It is understood surgeons were unable to reattach his penis. A spokesman for ZZ said <laughs> the man was uh, not thought to have any connection ZZ with the restaurant. Did well. <laughs> Around 9 p.m. on Sunday, a man walked into ZZ down the stairs to the basement area and tried to enter the kitchen. Members stopped him, at which he ran into a second kitchen area. The man picked up a kitchen knife and slashed himself across the wrist and the groin before running back into the restaurant, where he continued to stab himself. It happened in a matter of seconds. It was obviously extremely frightening and distressful to the many customers eating at the time. Apart from the man, we understand no one else suffered any physical injuries. Well, that's and Zizzy. I just like the story because it says Zizzy over Zizzy. and over again. <laughs> Zizzy sounds like some sort of a... Like a superlative you would apply to something that's really, like, happening and, and exciting. No, that place is real zizzy. It's sort of, you know what it is? It's sort of like an updated snazzy. Uh, there you go. That's your uh, penis watch for Monday. Take a look at my enormous penis. And my troubles start melting away. Wow, wow, wow. Take a look at my enormous penis. And everything is going my way. Bow, bow, bow. 
get uh, Steve Katzenbaum in a moment. This I didn't realize I had a double penis watch. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Well, do you want to do the other half later? We'll do the other half of the penis later. Okay. Uh, this email says, Rick, uh, Rick Dude, I was going to vote for Obama just for the brother factor alone. But now that Oprah's endorsing him, I am a Huckabee man all the way. Signed, uh, Mike, black guy in Portland. All right. Uh, boy, that Huckabee thing, how weird that that guy just continues to creep up in the polls. It won't last. No, it's not going to last. Just like the Romney thing. Boy, the New York Times ran a piece just excoriating. Uh, Mitt Romney over the weekend. Uh, maybe it's a little strong, but it's certainly uh, indicating that he uh, his days may be numbered, that he he may be on the downslide. Um, let's see, Rick, Oprah saying Barack Obama needs a sort of Howard Dean like ending. Uh, do you have that clip? The, uh, the 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 Oprah clip, or did you get rid of that? I still have it. Okay, uh, why don't you do that, and I'll try to end it with the, with the Dean. <laughs> There's nothing that's not better with that. You know, that Dean scream is like the Mrs. Dash of the audio clip world. It improves the flavor of everything around it. All right, uh, we will continue with Tim Riley in just a moment. Uh, let us welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. Yes? Is it Steve? Yeah. New York City. CNN Radio Correspondent Steve Kassabom. Hello, sir. How are you? I am Dandy. How was your weekend, my friend? Pretty good. Uh... Tried to catch up on some sleep after being out in Omaha, but it really didn't work. And well, yeah, because you had the weird, um, you had the weird commute, right? Oh man, I, I, I worked a full day, then got on a late night flight to Omaha, and then was up early in the morning for for live hits Thursday, and then again on Friday. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. And then so yeah, and then then you know, just one of those things where I mean, how much uh, notice <laughs> do you get? Because air travel is sort of weird these days that you can't just do the, uh, you can't really do the Robert Robert Hayes Ted Hayes. What am I doing here? That guy in airplane. Oh, it's oh. escape Robert Hayes. You can't really do that thing anymore uh, where you just show up and you're like, I'd like one ticket to Chicago. No baggage. You know, put me on. Uh, the, you have to get a lot of. So when something like that happens, whether it's a whatever kind of story, how much notice do you really get? Not much. Just a few hours if it's breaking news like that. Real. I mean, literally, they they put you on the very next flight if they can get you a seat. And so uh, let's see. So we've uh, we've got a couple things to talk to you about. First of all, I am legend. Uh, now has that already? Because it's like what th four o'clock there. Has that already premiered in New York, or is it is it is tonight the night? When does that premiere? You know, I don't know. It must have started playing in some of the theaters today here. And, and you guys are hosting uh, a screening, right? Or we something? are indeed. Way to be relatable. Uh, we are hosting a premiere seven o'clock tonight at the Lloyd Cinemas. I am legend, the new Will Smith film based on the legendary uh, sci-fi novel of the same name by Richard Matheson. I am looking forward to this because before I joined CNN, while I was working at CNN Affiliate, 1010 Wins here in New York, I covered uh, the, the filming of, of several scenes here in New York, including uh, a, a bunch that were filmed down by the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh -huh. And it was just really awesome to see that. They had like hundreds of extras down there, all these people who were supposed to be trying to escape, uh, who were trying to escape New York City and got to see Will Smith and his son. And uh, it looked like it was it was going to be a great movie then when they were filming it. Uh, and and the trailers, have you seen the trailers? I have. In fact, I, when I went to see The Mist uh, a couple weeks ago, the trailer was before that. And then I, uh, so it, color me dumb because I can never tell. And even in Portland, I can't tell bridges apart. What is the bridge that is blowing up in that trailer? That's the Brooklyn Bridge. I mean, that's a, I am typically someone who doesn't like a lot of CGI. I don't typically like a lot of computer effects. I, they look kind of corny most of the time. But that shot of the bridge being it looks like it is actually being blown up by fighter planes. 
um, yeah. is that is badass. There is just no other way to describe it. That is fantastic. Yeah, I saw that in the trailer too. And 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 rest assured, the Brooklyn Bridge is still there. <laughs> I uh, the let's see here. Here's the other. Uh, before we move on to uh, to I am legend uh, to the uh, from I am legend rather. I got to make sure this is queued up. All right, so. Uh, so I'm Legend Premier tonight. Is uh, is it is it going to be like a big star studded? Is it going to be a gala, as they say? Is there going to be anybody there? I'm not sure. I, I know that I'm going to try and check it out this week if I can. Uh, you know, the, some of the behind the scenes stuff was pretty amazing. I don't, have you ever heard about Will Smith's trailer that he has when he's on set? No, please please tell me you have like dope or you have a scoop oh, or whatever it is. That the, the, uh, you know the writer. So he, supp- he supposedly uh, has the biggest trailer in, in all of Hollywood. He's got this custom made thing. It's it's and I saw it. I was right up there, uh, right up next to it actually, and I took a bunch of pictures of it. And at the time, I had it online. It's basically, literally, a tractor trailer cab that's two floors. And in, in, in other words, you know, when it's parked, the second level sort of rises up. You know how so, in, in some of those actors like uh, uh, RVs, the sides pop out. Yeah. Like yeah. Well, with his, not only do the sides pop out, but the roof elevates. So that there are two complete floors in his trailer. It's like a house on wheels. I kid you not, it's about five times the square footage as my apartment. That is fantastic. See, that's the sort of thing, like, just to achieve that level of celebrity, I mean, it has all kinds of downsides. I mean, I'm, you know, I'll admit that, that. I'm sure if you're that famous, there are things about it that aren't that great. But just the fact that you can demand something like that, or you can, uh, like, here on the, on the show, we one of our favorite pastimes is to... um is to look at the sort of backstage writers for various acts to see what they demand. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I just, I never get tired of that. And I would love to be in a position someday just to be sort of difficult, just to demand, backstage, I must have a glass aquarium containing 5,000 African crickets, you know? Just for, like, no reason, just to make them do it. He owns this thing, actually. He went out and spent the money on this. I can't even imagine how much it cost and how much it cost... To, to take it all over the the world, I presume when he when he's filming, uh, you know, anywhere this thing has to be there. I hadn't really even thought about that. How would you even transport such a device? I mean, I guess you have to put it on a boat or disassemble it and put it on a plane or something. If he does take it around the world, it, it must go by by ship. But uh, around the United States, it, it gets pulled by a by a tractor trailer truck by uh, you know a big eighteen wheeler rig. It's pretty amazing. You know, that's when you realize uh, that no matter you know no matter what you may get invited to, no matter what you know kind of cool movie thing you get to go to or what passes you get or whatever. You just look at Will Smith and you just realize that how far down the ladder you really are. I mean, really, <laughs> yeah. you are just so down the ladder. The only way you can see him is with opera spectacles. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you know, anytime you see him, don't you just hear in the back of your mind, parents just don't understand? I maybe I was actually talking with somebody about that the other day. That he has actually pulled off a really neat career trick. Um, and Justin Timberlake, you know, sort of followed up with that, that he has been able to escape his roots. Escapes the wrong word because I know he's certainly not embarrassed by that. But he's been able to to move on. Um, was it was it on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? When did he? When was the first time he be, he was billed as Will Smith? Was that Fresh Prince of Bel Air, or was in the credits did they refer to him as the Fresh Prince? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know because before that, he was uh, the Fresh Prince and and it was DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And it's hard to imagine this now, but there was a long period of time where Jazzy Jeff was the more famous of the two. Uh, where DJ Jazzy Jeff, who actually is still really uh, famous and or respected anyway in DJ circles, because he, uh, Jazzy Jeff, created a lot of turntable moves, which are still used today, things that didn't exist before. He did, he's sort of the, um, I don't say the, the Jimi Hendrix, but he's, you know, in, in many ways, he's sort of the Les Paul uh, of the DJ world. He created a lot of stuff. But then 
it was around when did Sarah when did the Fresh Prince of Bel Air go on the air? Well, like eighty, I think in the late eighties. Was he billed as Will Smith or was he billed as the Fresh Prince Steve in the credits? I'm trying to figure out when he made the jump. Maybe it was Six Degrees of Separation, where he made the jump to being billed as Will Smith. Well, whatever. Remember that? That was a good movie. Yeah. That's a fantastic film, and that was the one you knew he could really act. Because yeah. acting in a sitcom doesn't really count as acting to me, because it's like, you can just be broad and crazy, and, you know, and dumb and obvious, and that sort of works. Um... But you know he uh, he was able to escape the shadow of his past, which is a that's a you know that's a neat trick to pull off. And the guy really can act, and he and he does have. There's no getting around it. Nobody have no matter how many bad films he makes, mm-hmm. he just has that charismatic star quality. And this whole thing's turning into a big infomercial for Will Smith. But I mean, it, it has to be said, he is a guy that no matter. I was talking about Cheryl Crow with some of the other day, and I was saying. Like, how it has been forever since Sheryl Crow had a hit. I mean, the last big hit Sheryl Crow had had to have been Soak Up the Sun, I think. I mean, she's had some other stuff since then, but that was really the, the last big hit. And that was like five years ago. Right. And yet you still think of Sheryl Crow, and you still think in your head, like, yeah, she's a big star. Because she's just got the, the certain something, whatever it is, that her star quality remains undimmed by lackluster output. And so it is with Will Smith. I mean, what, what is so the... So Aaron just wrote me, and he said that... Uh, that Six Degrees of Separation was the first movie that was billed as Will Smith. As Will Smith. And that was a really savvy movie for him to make because he not only played it, uh, you'll pardon the pun, straight, uh, but he played a a gay man. And uh, which is, uh, you know, at at that point in time uh, was, uh, you know, that was taking a a few risks certainly as an actor and certainly as an actor coming out of the hip-hop world. And it was the first time he was in with other big names like Donald Sutherland. Stockard Channing in that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, well, there you go. So that's tonight. I am legend. And then uh, you'll be happy to know that we wiled away many happy moments uh, last Friday. I guess it was watching you on uh, on Fuse TV. You uh, know, is I, I, is is the one with uh, Alanis Morissette online? Because I haven't been able to watch it. It now. is. I've got it right here. Oh, cool. Wait, hold on. Let's see. Alanis Morissette. So you are speaking. Do we have this? Is you, this is you talking about the Alanis Morissette? Uh, let's see here. Hold on. Um, I heard they had Alanis Morissette actually in the segment, which is probably why I wasn't in so much, I guess. Well, here we go. Let's see. I'm looking at uh, Fuse TV. Uh, this, this, this conversation started because you were on Fuse TV talking about the Baby One More Time uh, video by Britney Spears and sort of the, the cultural impact that it had. Right. Uh, let's take I was, a, and I was among several people. I wasn't the authority. Let's take a brief listen to that now, shall we? Sure. All right. This is, uh, let's see, Steve Kackamon. Poor Britney. Oh, I gotta let this. Uh, the girl I gotta, I gotta let this. Uh, you gotta let it buffer. Huh? I gotta let it buffer for a second. It's, we don't. CBS Radio pays for like a like a twenty eight eight dial up connection here. So it doesn't really. Uh, we're not even really up to like DSL level at this point. All right. Poor Brittany. The girl can't go anywhere without cameras following her. She's judged in a way that nobody else is judged today. She's on the cover of every magazine every single week. And so this is you, uh, along with some other folks, sort of just cut in kind of VH1 style. Right. So you, I mean, just the clips we've seen here, there's like two or three clips. You're on here for probably, I don't know, 90 seconds or so. How long do they put you in front of a black background and grill you on camera to get these 90 seconds worth of clips? It was about, it was about 20, 25 minutes, and their studios are, how should we say, um, not impressive. <laughs> Is that why it's just a completely black background? Yes, exactly. And all I kept thinking was, I'm going to come out looking like Frankenstein here with this lighting. No, no, no. You look fine. Yeah. I, uh, you, you, I was actually, uh, you are, you are fairly telegenic. You actually come across pretty well here. Thank you very much. Far better than I do, certainly. 
she is the poster child for tabloid TV and tabloid journalism. They feast on people like Whitney. Her life is totally in disarray. We always seem to catch her behind the wheel of the car. And one of the things that is very evident is she's not a good driver. That was my, my, my Her contract with America is just to give... I'm sorry, that was your what? My attempt at humor. Uh, the... No, you and you you kind of look like somebody, and I can't really put my finger on who it is. Uh, we were trying to come up with what celebrity was you most closely resembled, and I just I wasn't able to put it together. Have you been told you look like somebody? <laughs> my mom says I have Tom Cruise's smile. That's what's wishful thinking. I think you know. Maybe I can see that a little bit. Uh, and then so now I'm looking at the Alanis Morissette section, um, and it doesn't like your name is not listed in any of the clip descriptions. Yeah, I don't. I haven't had a chance to even watch it. I was told that. Um, because I was out in Omaha, that I was uh, in the beginning for uh, a, a couple of clips, and then they had uh, Alanis in the actual segment, which they didn't have in most of the other uh, segments of this of this show, videos that rocked the world. So I guess they used Alanis uh, a lot, and so I was just kind of up front that time. But that, which is a shame, because you know the the guy, the producer for that segment was really good, and he got me to be a little bit more an- animated. I felt, and, and I spoke for like a half an hour about it. And about uh, female rockers, you know. Well, we'll go back and uh, we'll have to. I'll have to watch this later. And I'll tape it on the air or something because I think it's running. What they're like, they do like the VH1 thing where they just run it like around the clock for like three weeks. They just, you know, those networks, the TV networks, especially the ones that focus in music at this point, have never met something that they didn't like to take and just run into the ground. Yeah. You know what I mean? With VH1, you know, you do your I love the 80s and I love the 90s, and then what do they do? I love 2005. I mean, they, they don't stop with that whole idea. I love five minutes ago. <laughs> uh, all right, excellent. Well, uh, okay, so fantastic. Well, congratulations on your ongoing Canadian fame, sir. Thank you. And uh, we will talk to you in the uh, immediate future. Hey, tell me uh, how I Am Legend is. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to get a chance to see it tonight. Are you going to go? I'm totally, I'm totally going to go tonight because I, I've just been... I've been looking forward to it, and I've already heard. I, I'll, I'll tell you this: what I've heard is that the CG vampires don't really work, but that the rest of the movie is really good. Apparently, they made what I believe to be an ill-advised decision that they were going to not have humans in makeup for the vampires. They were going to have just completely CGI vampires, and I guess they're terrible. But that I guess uh, the rest of the film, which is large sequences, I'm not giving anything away here. He is the last man on Earth, and then the Earth is filled with vampires. Right. You know, go. That's it. That's a, it's a very high concept setup. Uh, that there's some vampire virus that swept the planet, and he is the lone immune man. Um, and so the, the, the day, and so the, the entire movie is about a him trying to fend off vampires every night, and then spending every day trying not to go crazy. And I've actually there've been a couple adaptations of this. One was the Omega Man with Charlton Heston, right? And one was Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price. There was also a brilliant short film adaptation of I Am Legend that played around California film festivals about three years ago. That was It was really, really good. This, though, is, I do believe, the first sanctioned, full-screen, full-length adaptation of the Matheson novel. So I'm I'm very excited for it because I'm a big nerd. Cool. All right, so we'll let you, we'll, uh, we'll keep you in the loop tomorrow, let you know how it went, my friend. Please do. Thank you, Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, in New York City. Fantastic. All right, wonderful. Ooh. Oh, what a busy day. It sure is, Rick Emerson. Are you uh, are you busy doing something over there? No, I'm actually, I'm sorry, I was writing the copy points for the new sponsorship. Oh, are we welcoming an exciting new advertiser? Yes. When is that going to be happening? I don't know. But I don't want to talk about it because then you're going to put the pressure on me again and then I'm going to get all nervous. Okay. Actually, I'm not nervous about this because I love this place and I go there, so. I have to say, by the way, speaking of nervous, be careful when you get coffee today. 
Uh, yeah. Tim, Tim, God bless him, makes the coffee now that Scotty J has departed. Oh, it's a little chunky. It's full of grounds. you got to be real careful. Just drink it as though you're drinking like an exotic coffee drink in a restaurant somewhere where they tell you just not to drink the bottom quarter inch. Uh, because it has, you know, like if you get something out of a French press or something, sometimes they'll tell you like there's some silt at the bottom. Mm-hmm. This is really good until you get the bottom, then it's... Uh, it's a whole lot of... And there's nothing like fresh pre- French press coffee. Yeah, can I just tell you, do you want to know my family in a nutshell? Here's my family for you, in case you were wondering what kind of family I come from. My mom, uh, we gave her a, a, a French press for Christmas some years ago because she drinks a lot of coffee, which is where I kind of got the habit. Um, and, and, you know, and I'm like, you know, Mom, you, you ought to, you know, it's a big world. You live in the Northwest. You, you ought to be, you know... You you live in Washington State. You don't get. You got to be drinking some great coffee. So I gave her my gave my mom a French press, into which she puts her Folgers coffee every morning. Oh, so there you go. That's my family. There you go. Um, well, let's take a break here. We'll come back. Tim Riley at the bottom. Uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian coming up. Uh, let's see. Top five drive songs. Uh, let's see. Jim Roop from uh, Colorado coming up later on today. Also, the Britney Watch. This was played on KUFO Friday night. Actually, Fat Boy himself kicked in the money for this song. Awesome. All right, here's Jay-Z. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Because I'm young and I'm black and my hat's real low. Do I look like a mind reader, sir? I don't know. Am I under arrest or should I guess them up? Well, you was doing 55 and it's 54. Uh-huh. Lost the registration and step out of the car. You carrying a weapon on you. I know a lot of you are. I ain't stepping out of all my papers legit. Well, do you mind if I look around the car a little bit? Well, my glove compartment is locked, so it's trunk in the back. And I know my rights, so you gon' need a warrant for that. <laughs> Aren't you sharp as tack? Do some high alarm, something, somebody in park or something. I ain't past the bar, but I know a little bit enough that you wanna legally search my sh- I have to live like a commoner. Maybe you could clap your hands really loudly. Sort of a... I am a commoner. All right. Uh, let's see, Rick. When I was 12, a neighbor of ours died and had a heart attack while feed or had a heart attack and died while feeding his hogs. They then ate his face and most of his right arm. Bam. All right. Thank you. Uh, let's see what else. <sighs> Disturbing Madonna news. Rick, both Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch are great films, but you're right about Madonna sucking any sort of creative brilliance out of the filmmaking endeavor. The worst part, he says, is that Guy Ritchie still thinks Swept Away is a good film. He has some new movie coming out right now, and he said during an interview that Swept Away was, quote, a misunderstood movie in which, in which Madonna was amazingly good. And just as ominous uh, about his new movie, Revolver, he said that after the studio rejected his first print of Revolver and said it needed work, he let Madonna help him structure and edit it, and, quote, she was right about everything. What, what with all of Madonna's many successful films? Uh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, at the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. He fed prostitutes to pigs, and now Canadian serial killer Robert Pinkton has released some of his letters. He said he was aiming to rid society of its evil ways... I know I brought into this world and will be heard today the changes world of the evil ways. His sentences make no sense. (laughs) In one of the letters, Pinkton offers his own interpretation of the Erethians 5.5. You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the terrible anger of God comes upon those who disobey him. Meanwhile, a new ABBA museum will be built in Stockholm. Yeah. (laughs) This is the best segue ever. 
They've unveiled drawings of a new ABBA museum to be built in the Swedish capital. It'll chronicle the band's journey through global stardom in the 1970s until their split in the early 1980s. It's 70,000 square feet. It'll include a dance floor, recording studio, and wardrobe for visitors to get a sense of what it's like to be a member of ABBA. I wonder what segment of like the gross national product in Sweden comes from ABBA things to this day. I mean, it's got to be like 18% or something. They sold more than 370 million records. They're not performed together since 1982, but they sell 3 million records a year. Well, you know, that's like you always hear about um, Appetite for Destruction and Back in Black and Bat Out of Hell that sell like a million and a half copies every year, period. Just year after year after year, uh, they sell a million and a half copies. Uh, you know, the next time I'm in Vegas, I am going to try to see Mamma Mia, actually. Oh, it's a, uh, it played here. And I, you know, I missed it here, and it's like, but we're going to try to go to Vegas at some point. Well, now we have to go because the OJ thing is happening, mm-hmm. and plus there's a mafia museum. There's no story behind it. No. It's just Abba songs. Well, that's but really what else do you With need? With some pithy dialogue. That doesn't matter. I mean, see, that, 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 that's enough to sell me, though. Just, just the presence of many Abba tunes. The songs are toe-tappers. Yeah, they really are. Uh, anyway, a gunman is terrorized... Uh, people in a convenience store for scratch-off tickets. A man with a gun burst into a convenience store in Orange County, Florida. It opened fire as he ran the business of scratch-off tickets. Two people were inside the M&M convenience store, and the man ran inside and demanded money. Witnesses who said the clerk apparently did not respond quick enough, and he opened fire. I was terrified, said one. It was the first time again was pointed at me. I was confused, and he couldn't open the cash register, and he started to shoot. The robber ran off with the scratch-off tickets. Nobody was injured, though. Then, a 63-year-old woman has been arrested after she tried to get into Walt Disney's Magic Kingdom theme park with a loaded gun, scissors, and a knife. Security officers discovered it when Ann Richardson of Pennsylvania tried to come in. I bet they took her uh, backstage and gave her a little talking to as they do at Disney. Like Keystone Cops. You should picture them with like the big goofy hats and the weird oversized billy clubs just beating her bones into dust. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, we're going to have to give you a good beating. Wham! <laughs> now we're going to give you a waterboarding. Then, and then, there's, then they charge and, you for the beating. And then they're waterboarding you and then tasing your genitals as like a... Plays in the background. Like some sort of... Like, well, it's a small world loops endlessly. There's a guy in like a... There's a guy in a sneezy dwarf outfit tasing your uh, tasing your scrotum. Or, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm looking at the picture of her, by the way. She's not an attractive woman. No, she's not. <laughs> That's, uh, she's all kinds of unpleasant. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's like Samsonite there on those eyes. All right. That is too bad, isn't it? Yes. Uh, researchers recommend adults have sex frequently and have offered six reasons why. This is from Newsweek. Apparently, it's still published every week. Uh, women who uh, frequently have sex can fight colds by boosting antibodies in their immune system. Frequent sex also makes women look younger and burn calories. They say frequent... Was this study done by a man? It doesn't say. You know that it probably was. Mm-hmm. Intercourse also promotes regular cycles and prevents uh, pelvic muscles from getting rusty. However, the uh, studies have... I'm having to go to the doctor. I have rusty pelvic muscles. The studies haven't determined whether the health benefits come from the act itself or the emotional intimacy. Well, but clearly. I mean, it's... I'm sorry, my pelvic muscles are all rusted. Uh, well, we're going to need to break them free. Uh, it's just, I wrote down... Here's a great headline. This is, and then and this is sort of a thing within a thing. This was, an, word for word, this was an actual headline. I cut and pasted this from Yahoo News last night at yahoo.com because that's my homepage. And whenever I go there, I go to Yahoo News constantly because, again, it's my homepage and whatever. And it's, you know, sort of, so it's the page that's viewed most frequently. And I'm always hoping to see a death, like, of a celebrity. And I'm always a little disappointed when I bring up yahoo.com and a celebrity hasn't died. But then one out of every 500 times, 
I'll load it up, and it's like, blah, 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 you know, Steve Irwin killed. And I'll be like, oh, and I get a little endorphin rush from the dead celebrity. This was one of the five headlines on Yahoo News yesterday. And again, this is the actual wording of the headline. It says, people in Mexico tried to stretch clothesline for 29 miles. Now, that in and of itself isn't really funny. People in Mexico try to stretch clothesline for 29 miles until you sort of ponder the fact that the, the syntax there is a little tortured because you can tell that the way the sentence wants to be written just grammatically is Mexicans try to stretch clothesline for 29 miles, which you realize that they, but for reasons that we can't really quantify, that would just not be acceptable. It might be a national sport. Well, but I mean, if it was around any, you know, if it was around, uh, you know, about like any other country, like if it was Canadians, you'd say Canadians try to stretch clothesline for 29 miles. Americans try to stretch clothesline for 29 miles. But somehow saying Mexicans try to stretch clothesline for 29 miles just seems wrong. And I don't really know why. It just does. And so, and it's weird that all of us agree it sounds wrong, but none of us really know for, for what reason. So they then had to do this mangled roundabout thing of people in Mexico tried to stretch clothesline for 29 miles. All right. In case you've just joined us, some Mexicans are trying to stretch a clothesline for 29 miles. That is grammatically uh, correct. All right. Uh, here's Tim Riley. And they came for the world's largest ball of twine. Yes. Uh, here's somebody who could be dead pretty soon. Uh, the mother of trouble rehab singer Amy Winehouse is pleading with her daughter to get in touch with the family. She had an open letter in Britain's News of the World. Uh, Janice Winehouse uh, tells Amy, quote, We want to help you, but we know unless you want to be helped, unless you come to us, anything we try will be in vain. She has the photos recently snapped at Amy Winehouse outside her London home wearing only jeans and a red bra, reportedly muttering incoherently. Boy, I find her so unattractive. The, Amy Winehouse? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's bad. I mean, because she just, um, and I know that this, I know that this is, how, how did she, all of a sudden she was in the news everywhere out of nowhere, and now all of a sudden everyone's burnt out on her. Well, just, just quickly. Because it's the Oasis thing, where it's just like her persona and her scandal has so completely overshadowed her music. And that's not the case in Britain with Oasis, but I know in America that's one of the reasons Oasis just failed here, is because, and I'm a huge Oasis fan, but just... Americans got so sick of them before they even really heard a note of their music. Because it was like Liam and Noel, and they're squabbly, and they snort cocaine, and they shag groupies, and whatever, and blah, 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 and they're kooky. And it's like we, and they're hooligans. And we were just so burned out on Oasis before they even began to play music. So it is with Amy Winehouse. Um, and, and plus, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I think I speak for most men when I say I have no problem with sluts. You know, sluts are fantastic. Sluts are really one of the seven natural wonders of the world. Well, there's no end to them. Right? No, really. I mean, I'm, you know, hot and cold running sluts as far as I'm concerned. But Amy Winehouse just looks grubby. She just looks dirty. She looks really dirty. She looks like she probably has a layer of grime on her and that she probably smells pretty pungent. You know what I mean? She just, and not in a I mean, sexy way. I mean, and she's... World famous, she's rich, and she won't even get her teeth fixed. Yeah. She has like this huge gap where she's to... proud to be British. Ugh. Yeah, I. Uh... <laughs> she wears her British heritage proudly in her mouth. Uh, the I the, so I just don't find her attractive at all. I in no way do I find her sexy, and she is, I guess, objectively speaking, a pretty girl. But I just can't find her sexy in any way, not not at all. She just looks like she needs a good scrubbing. 
and then to be burned. I've watched some um, some YouTube videos of her, you know, doing interviews on British TV shows and stuff. And when she's speaking, she is a really pretty girl. Yeah. Like it was before. I think she got all strung out. Yeah, mm. and before she started walking around like covered in blood. Uh, all right, here's Jim Riley. Well, here's another young gal. Her name is Rihanna, and she's forced to postpone several dates at a European tour due to doctor's orders. I thought it was a freaky-looking girl. Yeah, she looks like an alien. Uh, she appreciates the love and support of all her fans and wants nothing more than to see them again. However, they're not commenting on what is ailing the young lady. This guy says, Rick, about that woman being taken backstage in Disneyland, he says, I'm picturing Goofy and Mickey doing the hammer or the vice grip thing from Casino on that lady, and if she screams, it's just a Goofy yell. That's a disturbing image. Mickey just twisting somebody's head in a vice. Quiet or we'll waterboard you. <laughs> or we'll waterboard you. Uh, okay, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Bow Wow Wow Wow's record company is blaming stress and exhaustion for the rapper's hospitalization last Thursday night. MTV says Bow, or Mr. Wow, <laughs> uh, has been rushed to a Cincinnati area hospital, maybe the Cleveland Clinic. I wonder, what the, concert. I wonder what the New York Times calls him. Okay, I have to find out right now. The Bow Wow 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 is on tour with uh, Chris Brown, Sean Kingston, and Soldier Boy, Little oh, Mama, boy. and others. You, you want to talk about the worst song that has ever been recorded? Is that Soldier Boy song? I don't know any of so, these people. I haven't even heard that. He's terrible. He's terrible. It's, that doesn't I, matter. I know that I'm old and late to the party on this, but you know what? Uh, everybody will get behind me if you've heard that song. It's a song called "Crank It" or "Crank That" by this guy, this kid Soldier Boy, and he's uh, to his credit, he kind of is a self-made man. He he got famous by doing a whole bunch of uh, like doing a bunch of rap songs on YouTube, and then he kind of got this internet following and then he got a record deal out of it and i think for a long time he was like the number one song on itunes or something but boy it's terrible it's just like the worst thing i have ever heard it's unbelievably bad where's some ruthless wainwright yes yes tim impossible though it may seem uh what you know rufus you know tim he does have a new uh, a new album out just in time for christmas I do believe, and I swear to you I'm not making this up, I do believe it is Rufus Wainwright singing Judy Garland songs at Carnegie Hall. That is awesome. That is actually, like, so gay that the universe sort of folds in on itself Joey and Ted's just reduces it. Totally. <laughs> it's not to be missed. <laughs> no, of course not. Okay, hold on. Let's see. I, I don't even know how to search for this on New York Times. Bow Wow? Is that how I search? I suppose, yes. Uh, bow. B-O-W. Is it Lil Bow Wow still, or is he just no, Bow Wow? No, he's a man now. No, he's a he's a manly Bow Wow. Big Bow Wow. Mm-hmm. Bow Wow. Wow. Is it? Boy, that sounds really nonsensical if you repeat it more than a couple of times. Search. Let's see. Okay. Search Bow Wow. Wow. Would this be in the past seven days? Yes. All right. Hold on. Past seven days. I don't know why I'm so fascinated, but I want to know. Well, there's it, it claims that there's nothing about him. How can the New York Times not have any articles about Bow Wow? Bow Wow, Wow 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 Wow. Check MTV's website. Well, but MTV won't be as satisfying. Why don't you Google and check news? No, no, no. Okay, well, maybe because yeah, because I want to know how the New York Times refers to him because they famously refer to Meatloaf as Mr. Loaf, mm-hmm. and so I want to know if they refer to him as Mr. Wow or Mr. Bow or Mr. Bow Wow, Mr. B Wow. <laughs> If somebody out there is high and listening to us right now, it's the funniest thing they've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Bow Wow, New York Times. Here we go. No, there's nothing. Well, that's really frustrating. 
Well, okay. That's there right. has to be something. I'm looking. I can't find any reference to Bow Wow in the New York Times. Try one more time, then give up. All right. Duly no. Here we go. Bow Wow. No, I've got nothing. All right. Here's Tim Riley, oh, the Ministry oh. of Truth. Well, let's talk about the singers everyone knows. Uh, Van Halen guitarist Eddie Van Halen's lawn has reportedly been flooded due to a broken water main. Somebody actually went out and covered it. I was just going to say, are we really... Let me repeat that one more time. This just in. Van Halen guitarist Eddie Van Halen's lawn has reportedly been flooded due to a broken water main. Oh, the humanity. The incident happened early this morning in the Los Angeles suburb around Coldwater Canyon, sending thousands of gallons of water into the yard where the rocker is believed to be living. Uh, Van Halen's home is thought to be the only one affected. He is currently out of town on tour. Los Angeles Fire Department placed sandbags around the house to try to prevent water from entering the structure. Although mud and debris fill Van Halen's pool, it appears that the actual home is not damaged at this time. Once again, <laughs> Eddie Van Halen's lawn has been reportedly flooded due to a broken water main. Uh, by that the, is all. By the way, somebody's asking uh, why Sarah has not posted the quote... Uh, these are the famous photos everybody's talking about now. The uh, the Jennifer Love Hewitt photos on your celebrity blog. Of the of the ass? Uh, aren't there some photos out now where I haven't seen them, where everybody's saying no. that she looks fat? No, yeah, someone like zoomed in on a picture of her ass. I'm not interested in Jennifer, Jennifer Love Hewitt's ass. No, no one is. Many aren't. No, these, I, I would say that of her various body regions and parts, the ass is near the bottom of the list. Things anybody cares about. All I know about them is that somebody is claiming that she looks horrible in them, but it, it, it seems unlikely. I she's mean, just not perfect in them. Well, she's not like... I, uh, look, I hate to color outside the societal lines here, but she's not like that good looking. I mean, I have... I, I'm not saying she's ugly. No, just people are zoom are, are just focusing on the fact that she had some cellulite. And they're like, well, oh, everybody look at how fat she is. Look at how fat she is. I mean, which I don't... Yeah, I don't get. Um, but, you know, to be fair, like I didn't even... Like when they were saying that about Britney at her VMA show. Like I didn't think Britney was that fat at the VMA show. She just had like the wrong outfit for her weight. Um... But, it, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt is not that good-looking to me. She never has been. Um, and, and here's... She and, always annoyed me on Party of Five. Well, she's got a pointy chin. I sound like I sound like I sound like one of those guys on the Stern show when they were doing that thing with the laser beam. Look at this one half inch that's imperfect. I'm not saying Jennifer Love Hewitt's unattractive. I'm saying I don't think she's like the stunning ten that everybody always said she was. And here's the other thing, and I know that this is heresy, but I also don't think like she's that stacked. Everybody talks about Jennifer Love Hewitt and her massive breasts that ate Chicago. I I think it's just that she's fairly small framed. And therefore, she looks much more stacked than she really is. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not saying she's ugly. She's certainly not. Um, but I don't think she's as hot as everybody thinks she is. And I don't think she is, quote, as bosomy as everybody always said that she was. Like, I always thought that there was way too much, I can't believe these words are leaving my mouth, way too much attention paid to her bosoms. Just because I think she's kind of a small girl, and so therefore she looked a lot more stacked than she really is. Well, I, mean, I remember reading know. an interview with her when she was on Party of Five, and she would talk about how she's inspired all of her fans and how they, all of them, um, she had some fans write to her and say that they changed their name to her name because she was so inspiring as an actress. See, even if that's true, you shouldn't repeat she that shouldn't, stuff. And she would, and she would repeat it constantly. That. She's like, and you know, I just influenced them so much, and, you know, and my talent and what I do. And then they touched the hem of my garment and they were uh, cured of leprosy. She sounds like Dirk Diggler there that, Amber, I have saved thousands of marriages. Uh, here's, oh, by the way, speaking of, of people, <laughs> we had this great geek moment on Saturday when Fatboy revealed, strangely, that he had never seen, or he didn't watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He'd, like, only ever seen two episodes and didn't watch Buffy. And I said, well, okay, that's certainly you're right, but it's surprising 
because you're a geek, and it's like hot girls in leather killing vampires and demons. And he actually said, I can't use the word on the air, but he said, he goes, yeah, but I can't watch it because uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar's a real C. And I said, oh. And he said it like really angrily and then like went back to shooting pool. Has he met her? He was really drunk, though. So, no, no. He was he was kind of in... Uh, oh, an angry fanboy mode? Can I say this? He was sort of an angry single guy mode. Uh, he becomes sort of a sort of an angry drunk. You know how like Clyde mm. becomes a giggly happy drunk and Aaron becomes just sort of loud and then at one point literally fell on the floor laughing Saturday. Um, Fatboy becomes kind of an angry drunk. I have a friend who's a who's an angry single drunk. Yeah, he's just. But it gets you. I mean, well, since you're not a single man, you don't know what it's like anymore. I mean, it, it does creep up sometimes. Every I, once in a while, yeah, I'm not I, I become angry single Sarah. Really? I mean. Do you want me to throw something at you? <laughs> Honestly, I just was looking for something to throw. And I was like, Wait, I am. Um, no, and I'm not trying to knock him. It's just that, that sort of he'd had many, and uh, oh, I shouldn't even tell the I shouldn't even tell the angriest, most single moment. Oh, yes, you should. Sarah's nodding her head. Please do. Um, that at one point, uh, at one point during the evening, I think it was that it had either been referenced or I think it might have been playing on the jukebox, uh, but. That Jay Z song, that ninety nine problems came on. And oh, I had a clever ex boyfriend who used that in reference about me before. Really? It's so true. Hey, guess. <laughs> yeah, it's the oh, really? Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess I can see him doing that. Mm-hmm. But the Jay Z song came on, and of course the hook is ninety nine problems, but a bitch ain't one. Um, because of course he has no girl problems, because you know he keeps bitches in line. With his pimp hand, and so that's all. No, I had a douche ex that actually, <laughs> for his MySpace quote one time, he's like, "I'm back to a hundred problems or something." I oh was like, God, really? Yeah, really? That is really. like a douche move. Um, yeah. Anyway, so that song is playing, and it's all like, "If you got girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got ninety nine problems that a bitch ain't one." And then Fat Boy's like, "That's so true, man." <laughs> he's like, he's always really like angry, drunk, and he's like, he's like, "It's true. That's what it is." Oh. <laughs> It was kind of adorable and, like, kind of creepy He's all at once. I'm going to give him a hug. Yeah. Like, it'll be better. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk more about Oprah. She told the crowd of nearly 30,000 in South Carolina that Obama will be president with clarity and conviction, who consults his consciousness and then proceeds with moral authority. We need politicians who know how to tell the truth. But more important, we need politicians who know how to be the truth. Yeah. Right. She should just. She should cut out the middleman and just run herself. Seriously, oh, no lie. Vice president. Oh, she. You know what? She could win. She'd absolutely Oprah win. And Hillary. Twenty million votes. Oh, okay. well, I mean, can you imagine? I'd never worked though Alpha and Alpha. But you know that they've probably asked her. You know, you know that somebody has floated the idea to her of what do you think about the VP slot? Yeah. I mean, I will tell you, bet you my bottom dollar that they've done that. And she. But you know, the thing is. You know why Oprah will never run for president? Somebody asked uh, Walt Disney one time. They said, Mr. Disney, you know, you're such a great businessman. You, you know, you, you, you've uh, pulled off the impossible by creating this theme park that nobody thought was going to work. You're very organized. You've got great political connections. Clearly, you're a man with vision. So, you know, you know Walt Disney, you ought to run for president. And Walt Disney had the best response. He said, why should I run for president when I am already king? Which is great. And that's totally Oprah. I mean, it is no lie to say at this point it would be a step down for Oprah yeah. to be president. I mean, that would. I mean, she has so much more clout now. She gets more done. And I mean, imagine the pay cut if Oprah were to be president. Um, okay, by the way, somebody sent. Okay, so the New York Times talking about Bow Wow. 
Interestingly, they refer to R. Kelly as Mr. Kelly, but Bow Wow they refer to as Bow Wow. Every time they just call him Bow Wow. They don't uh, they don't actually give him he doesn't get a, a truncation. So there you go. Uh here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. Oprah says Barack Obama is ready to be president. South Carolina, I do believe he's the one to bring us the audacity of hope. Barack Obama. Okay. Uh, campaigning and promoting a book are two very different things. A lot of people say, am I thinking this is going to be like my book club? Oh, God. You know, I get lots of people to read books. That's a very good thing. Turn off but your I voice. But I got some sense. I know the difference between a book club and this seminal moment in our history. I have ex-boyfriend who used that in reference about me before. Really? It's so true. Hey, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the oh, really? oh, that's true. Uh, I, I guess I can see him doing that. But the Jay Z song came on, and of course the hook is "99 Problems, But a Bitch Ain't One," um, because of course he has no girl problems because you know he keeps bitches in line with his pimp hand. And so that's all it's playing. So I had a douche ex that actually, <laughs> for his MySpace quote one time, he's like, "I'm back to a hundred problems or something." I was oh like, God, really? Yeah, really? That is like a douche move. Um, Anyway, so that song is playing, and it's like, if you got girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems with a bitch ain't one. And then Fat Boy's like, that's so true, man. (laughs) He's like, he's he's really like angry drunk, and he's like, he's like, it's true. That's what it is. (laughs) It was kind of adorable and like kind of creepy all at once. I'm going to want to give him a hug. Yeah. It'll be better. Yeah. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk more about Oprah. She told a crowd of nearly 30,000 in South Carolina that Obama will be president with clarity and conviction. Who consults his consciousness and then proceeds with moral authority? We need politicians who know how to tell the truth. But more important, we need politicians who know how to be the truth. Uh, yeah. She should cut out the middleman and just run herself. Seriously, oh, no lie. Oh, she, you know what? She could win. She'd absolutely Oprah win. Oprah and Hillary. 20 million votes. Oh, can, well, I mean, can you imagine? I'd never worked though Alpha and Alpha. But you know that they've probably asked her. You know, you know that somebody has floated the idea to her of what do you think about the VP slot? Yeah. I mean, I will tell you, bet you my bottom dollar that they've done that. And she, but you know, the thing is, you know why Oprah will never run for president? Somebody asked uh, Walt Disney one time. They said, Mr. Disney, you know, you're such a great businessman. You, you know, you, you, you've uh, pulled off the impossible by creating this theme park that nobody thought was going to work. You're very organized. You've got great political connections. Clearly, you're a man with vision. So, you know, you know Walt Disney, you ought to run for president. And Walt Disney had the best response. He said, why should I run for president when I am already king? Which is great. And that's totally Oprah. I mean, it is no lie to say at this point it would be a step down for Oprah yeah. to be president. I mean, that would. I mean, she has so much more clout now. She gets more done. And I mean, imagine the pay cut if Oprah were to be president. Um, okay. By the way, somebody sent. Okay, so the New York Times talking about Bow Wow. Interestingly, they refer to R. Kelly as Mr. Kelly, but Bow Wow they refer to as Bow Wow every time. They just call him Bow Wow. They don't. Uh, they don't actually give him. He doesn't get a, a truncation. So there you go. Uh, here's Tim Riley on KCMD Portland. Oprah says Barack Obama is ready to be president. South Carolina, I do believe he's the one to bring us the audacity of hope. Barack Obama! Okay. Uh, campaigning and promoting a book are two very different things. A lot of people say, am I thinking this is going to be like my book club? Oh, God. You know, I get lots of people to read books. That's a very good thing. Turn off but your But I voice. got some sense. I know the difference between a book club 
and this seminal moment in our history. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, okay. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Then we'll, uh, uh, there are rumors that uh, Victoria, the posh spice, and her uh, soccer superstar husband may be expecting. According to the New York Post, during the Spice Girl uh, concert brought in Los Angeles, group member Jerry, that's a ginger spice, announced from the stage he's pregnant while pointing at Beckham's stomach. Victoria Beckham and her husband David already have three sons together. Ugh. During an appearance on Barbara Walters' 10 they Most Fascinating children? People. That's what it says. That there. is not possible. Oh, yeah, she keeps popping them out. Really? Mm-hmm. British Ugh. pop stars do. They have a lot of kids. Ugh. Yeah. Imagine having sex with that. Uh, the, uh, oh, that sounds like, you know what that sounds like? It sounds like a backstage fight, and Jerry called her out. Totally. Yeah. In your face. Uh, well, who wants to hear this horrifying story? Oh, I do. New York is the uh, data line here. God, she's an ugly woman. I mean, I'm sorry. I hate to sound like a big judgmental dick here, but Victoria Beckham is ugly. There is no getting around it. She's not, it's not like a, Who's that? Somebody walking by in the hallway. I don't know. Hmm. Um, it, it's not like kind of unattractive. It's not she'd be attractive if Victoria Beckham, Posh Spice, is ugly. Uh, there's just no escaping. And not ugly in a hot kind of way, like Sandra Bernhardt. She's just unattractive. Victoria Beckham... Why would you possibly release this as a news story? (laughs) (laughs) Victoria Beckham goes to bed naked. See? That's everybody's response. Sleeping with a bag full of coat hangers. She said, um, if I'm going to be... Why do people say these things in print? She told Elle magazine in its new issue, I'm going to be naked if I'm getting in bed with David Beckham every night. Yeah. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. So anyway. It sounds like she's trying to re-sex herself up, like make herself seem a little sexier. Yeah, that's not going to work, honey. It's over. Maybe ten years ago. No, it's, uh, it's and you know, everywhere you go in London right now, there are huge uh, billboards promoting that book of hers. called that. It's, the book is called Extra Half an Inch, and it's like beauty secrets about, you know, whatever. <laughs> beauty secrets, so if you want to look like an antler bag, uh, apparently those are the secrets for her. Um, she's just so unbelievably unappealing to me. Uh, and I don't want to think, I don't want to visualize her naked at all. Because You're right, because you don't want to see her naked. Cause then, yeah, she just seems like she'd be all, like, pokey and yeah, awkward looking. Yeah, exactly. Just like pipe cleaner wearing a merkin. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, Bill Clinton says Hillary Clinton was always the one campaigning for his wife. He said that they were starting out. He was so struck by her intellect and ability, he once suggested she should just dump him and jumpstart her own political career. Of course, it didn't happen. She just laughed and said, first, Bill, I love you. Second, I'm not going to run for anything. I'm too hard-headed. Unquote. The former president opened up a two-day swing through Iowa on behalf of his wife, packing nearly 500 people into a theater at Iowa State University. She spent a lifetime as a change agent when she had the option to do other things. I thought she was the most gifted person of our generation, said Clinton. You know, you really should dump me and go back home to Chicago or go to New York and take one of those offers you get to run for office, he said, laughingly. Huh? Huh? He uh, offered a self-depreciating view of the couple's early life in Arkansas. When she came down here and we got married, I was defeated as a candidate for Congress with a $26,000 salary and a 42000 campaign debt. If she were half as calculating as someone said, well, that's really a great way to run for president. It's one thing to have good intentions, but it's another thing entirely to change people's lives. 
She's the best non-incumbent I have ever had the chance to vote for in my entire life. I have never met anyone like her. Bill Clinton. All right. There you go. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey. Uh, so I was in the I was in the Bay Area uh, a couple weeks ago for a concert. Yeah. Uh, and I randomly outside is like a stadium randomly outside where I guess sell hot dogs and stuff. Uh, Soldier Boys, the guys were there. <laughs> um, and it was to say the least not a concert they would necessarily be at. Uh-huh. Um, and they were just kind of walking around. And I, I saw uh, them and I guess like two like eleven or twelve year old white girls had <laughs> noticed them and they were getting autographs. And I just, I just, I was walking by them. I, I recognized them, so I pointed to them. I threw up my arms as the soldier boy dance goes, and I went, "Hey!" <laughs> I was, I was by myself, and they didn't seem to think it was as funny as I did. No, well, that's okay because we find it amusing. That's really all that counts, sir. Yeah, oh, anyway, it's pretty great. Thank you. All yep, right, there bye. you go. Yeah, soldier boy, who really, it must be said, is just. I mean, if you see him. He's clearly just, he's hes kind of duplicating Flavor Flav's look. Uh, he's got the big, comical, like, oversized kooky sunglasses, and then the big sideways hat, and then I, he, he has everything but the clock, really. I mean, he really is pulling off, like, a ba- and his music... Maybe he has a watch. His, I, his music is just as bad as all of Flavor Flav's music was. I mean, I'm a big Public Enemy fan, but they would always give Flavor... Flavor, who was sort of the, the Peter Chris of Public Enemy, they would always give him, like, one track per album to do, and it was just, like, the worst crap you have ever heard in your life. So, uh, all right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. That, well, we might as well just continue. we got Ruben like two minutes here. Here's Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. A retired Scottish school teacher was recovering today after spending nearly four days trapped inside a men's toilet with no food or a mobile phone. David Leggett was locked inside the bathroom at a bowling club near the Scottish city of Aberdeen. The door jammed and a handle on the outside fell off. That happened here too. <laughs> The 55-year-old kept warm by dipping his feet in hot water, but only managed to get about three hours sleep a night in the freezing temperatures. He was rescued when the cleaner at the club, which is used little in winter, turned up to collect your cleaning equipment. Like it said, the survival course that he once took helped him endure during his uh, captivity. The cleaning lady said he looked shaken and gray when he emerged. At least it was a toilet to use, he said. The only thing I regret is not being trapped beside the bar. <laughs> okay. Uh, so apparently, by the way, the city of Portland does sell you uh, bricks to put in your toilet tank. They call it a water savings kit. See? I guess it's like a pamphlet. It's a brick. And, <laughs> and a brick. <laughs> and you stick it in your tank. There you go. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, is this me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's up? Uh, no, I wanted to point out that uh, that's not the first time that Oprah has uh, used that catchphrase. What catchphrase? The Audacity of Hope. Well, that's, yeah. well, that's the name of, I think, of Barack Obama's book. Oh, okay. Yeah, so why does she keep using it? I, I'm sorry, are you are you asking me, like, to explain? No, no, no. It's just, was a, a, redundant, re- it's just a redundant question. Rhetoric, yes. Can't she come up with her own material? You sound really unduly angry about mm-hmm. Oprah. Oh, well, you know. Be careful. She'll have you killed. You won't yeah, she probably home. will, but that's okay. It'll put me out of my misery. She'll have you However, fed the pigs. I have a job interview tomorrow, so wish me luck, Rick. What? What? <laughs> Is your radio on in the background? Uh, all right, all right. I'll move outside. <laughs> no, you could just turn it down inside. I just, yeah, I mean, really, I was just going to say you... Let me completely relocate. Let me oversolve the problem. Well, you have no idea how many obstacles I have to I have to go through to get to the volume knob. Uh, what uh, what kind of job are you applying for? 
Uh, I think it's a warehouse job. You think? Now, you are you aware? Do you know? I have sent out so many resumes, you have no idea. Oh, you're like uh, you're like Campbell Scott in singles. You just run yes. the fax machine, fifty resumes. Give me something. Please, sir, may I have another? Uh, well, are you... if it's a temp agency, regardless of what you apply for, you will always go to the warehouse. I know because it's happened to me several times. Uh, that was Fat Boy's job. Speaking of Fat Boy, before he came to KU, he was working in a warehouse. Uh, are you currently unemployed, sir? Yes. How long? For how long have you been unemployed? Oh, uh, about three months, four months. What was your last job? Uh, warehouse. And quit... no, janitorial. Sorry. Uh, quit or fired? Uh, fired. All right. Uh, what was your job before that? Uh, warehouse. Uh, quit or fired? Have you, okay, I was just going to say, because if you get more than one fired in a row, then you have to ask yourself, what am I doing to bring this on myself? <laughs> I hear you. Uh, all right, so this, is a, uh, so this is a warehouse job you're applying for tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it, uh, what kind, don't name the company, but what kind of company? Actually, I don't know the name of the company. They just answered my resume. Here's the thing. You may want to learn some of these things before you go in. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to give you like you know that's crazy talk for Demerson. I know it's a constructive <laughs> constructive help. You guys are so cool. I I'm just saying it does help if you know the name of the company to which you are applying. But I have applied for so many and I've been waiting for so long. Yeah, but I mean when they when they called you back they said like they didn't just give you an address with no greeting like they didn't just call you and go fifteen seven five Southeast Main. No, no, actually, they just gave me the address. But, I mean, did they identify themselves when they called you? No, no, they just said, we're answering your resume. I said, okay. Really? Did they honestly just call you back and say, this is in response to your resume, we'll see you tomorrow at 1510 Southeast Main, and uh, yep. bring a tie. Really? Yep. What's the, uh, have you Googled the address? Yes. Okay, did that clue you Wait, in? Wait, Island. Island. So, did, 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 but you, you Googled the address, and yet you still don't know the company? No. Okay, hold on. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold for a second, and then we're going to pick you back up, okay? Okay. Okay, so I'm going to put you on hold, and then, Richie, I want you to get the address of this company from this guy and then give it to us. Because now I'm going to Google it and find out where he's applying for a job. I was going to offer to, like, call the company and put in a good word for him, but really, I don't really know that he's deserving of it at this point. It seems to me like he's uh, one of them slackers we read about sometimes. One of those, he's one of those. He's one of those, one of those late night Max Riders. <laughs> he's the guy outside of Sharper Image yesterday asking me for money. All right, uh, have you? Um, oh, we forgot. Oh God. Oh, we forgot Peter Carlin. Oh boy, he's going to be even snarkier than. And I was, and I was going to ask him to take part in the in the holiday spectacular. I thought, no, I thought that we bumped him. Rich, said it was one forty-five. Oh, sorry, my bad. I thought. Are you sure you didn't reschedule him? 1:45. Oh, I thought you were scheduled him to 2:30. No, no. Damn. Oh, sorry. And we were, and we're going to ask him to be part of the holiday spectacular. Oh, I have to call and do a big mea culpa. Well, he's blown us up for like three weeks. Some excuse about being in London. Uh, all right, hold on a second. Uh, hi, hello, hello. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hey. Uh, okay. Um, Richie, is that true? Is Peter Carlin available until 2:25? Well, here's the thing. Roop is actually already late calling us, and I'm getting the feeling Roop's not going to call us. Yeah, because um, actually, Aww. I'm looking at from my email from CNN, and it does look like he might be okay. still in a press conference. Richie, do me a favor. Why don't you call Peter Carlin and ask if he wants to pop on now so we don't alienate him? Uh, okay, so you have given us the address of the place to which you are applying, sir. Yes, sir, All I right, have. Hold on. Let me put this in. I am entering the address, and we're going to find out what this business is. Hold on. Nine... 
I'm gonna, um, let's see if I can. Can I cut and paste this? That would be a whole lot easier. Hold on a second. Oh, here we go. All right. Uh, okay. Searching. All right. Um, point, you're right. This doesn't really appear to be anything. Um, see? Shut up. Uh, uh, hold on. Are you going to send me the address? You know uh, I can find anything on the internet. Yeah, hold on a second. Um, just let me one second here. Yeah, it wasn't on MapQuest because it was a new business. A new business. Hmm. Yeah. yeah um, okay, hold on. Let me... Um, all right. Uh, it's... Uh, Sarah, I'll have to... Um, well, I'll just give you that. It's 5509. Yep. Okay, And then I will... Uh, Better. I wasn't <laughs> going to give it away. Oh, come uh, on. I just had to throw that out. North. Okay. There you go. That's it. Is it in Portland? Yeah. And I, it, that it comes, sounds like somebody's house. It comes. <laughs> is, is his last name Jay? <gasps> You're going to be a headhunter. Now, see, but I think maybe they're headhunters. Maybe it's like a, a, a temp agency or something. Oh. I know this is really gripping for everybody. I uh, yeah, I can't seem to find the actual business. Like it doesn't look like this is. All right, now. You're sure this is a company, right? They called me back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you. No, uh, this is a this is a job. I, hunting. Uh, so you, I think this is a temp agency that has called you back, sir. Oh. Well, well seriously, you just, you're sending out like a hundred resumes to people who you don't really know. What did you? Who do you? Did you think that Microsoft was going to be calling you back? I mean, no offense. <laughs> Actually, I was kind of hoping they wouldn't. Oh wait, was it five five zero nine? Yeah. Yeah. Wafer Tech? Wafer Tech. That doesn't sound like a thing, unless it's a cookie company. And this is a uh, government website. That doesn't sound like a thing for which you'd be qualified, sir. Well, I don't know. It sounds could... like a software firm. Well, that's okay. They, they have forklifts there, too. That's true. They do have warehouses at, 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 at computer companies. Okay, fair See? enough. Um, okay, yeah, we left a message for Peter Carla. Now I feel like I did. Um, you uh, should. Yeah, I know. I'll have to call him later and feel like an ass. All right. Um, well, we've done. Right. Well, we... tell Peter Carlin I said I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, good luck with the interview at whatever this made-up company is. All right. Let Thanks us, a lot. Let us... Best show ever. Okay. Let us know how it goes. I will. All right. Thank you. Okay. Now we're getting Peter Carlin in two minutes. Awesome. All right. Let's do some of these calls unscreened. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hello. Is this me? Yes, it is. <laughs> I still don't have a you... good response to that. You brought up Eddie Van Halen, and uh, now that the dust has settled when, with uh, Craig Gaspian gone, did he talk about uh, his uh, last Eddie anecdote? Uh, no. He uh, called him after uh, you know he heard they were going on tour and stuff. I detest that phrase. I'm... <laughs> oh, by the here's a picture. This is fantastic. This is the best picture ever. This is Hillary Clinton posing with Natalie Portman. Hillary looks like a freaky alien, and Natalie Portman's um, upper area is very visible. Upper area? You know what I'm talking about. Right there. The uh, the headlights. Headlights are on. Oh. What a weird photo. That is a weird photo. It's Natalie Portman wearing something very tight and sheer with no bra in what what I can only imagine is a very chilled room. You know what she looks like? Her face, she looks really young. She looks like when she was in The Professional. Totally. You know, I've got that on my TiVo right now because uh, Lara has never seen it. Oh, that's a great I movie. know, and I'm totally looking and forward to it. And it's sexually confused many millions of men. And, and women, I think. Um, and also, uh, there's a director's cut of The Professional out now with even more incestuous overtone. 
So there you go. Yeah, I remember the poster from that where she's holding the teddy bear and the gun. Yeah. That's messed up. No, it's a it's a very it's a great but creepy movie. Um Rick, if the Google doesn't if the Google if the Google doesn't pull up a company when the address is entered, this guy probably got a call from some sort of serial killer that got his facts by accident. Let him know he'll be fed to pigs. Okay? Uh, and finally, don't screw the guy out of a job. I'm not. I was attempting to help. We were going to call and put in a good word for him because he's a listener. We want him to be employed so that he can spend money with our many advertisers. Uh, but but if, since he's apparently going to work for, you know, some sort of prodnose-style company that, you know, that can't be, uh, all right. Yeah, this looks like this is a Scotty J company. Integrity Customer Partnership Innovation Commitment. Yeah. They it's don't, a semiconductor integrated circuit foundry. No, they, don't, they don't make anything. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, with a heart full of hate and a head full of haggis, uh, from the Oregonian TV critic and, uh, blah, 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 Peter Carlin. Hello, sir. Hey, man. Hey, so Hey, man. Hey, sorry about being late calling you. That is totally my fault. I accept the blame. <laughs> we'll discuss this later. How was, uh, how was your trip? How was London? How are things? It was great. Thank you. And uh, you were there researching for your upcoming uh, McCartney book, were you not? That's true. Uh, did you uh, eat heartily of the many vile foods they have there? The food's getting better over there, man. I, uh, I, only, I, I, you know, I've become that guy that I spent like four days in London, and so now that I'm therefore qualified to make all kinds of broad judgments about their culture. Yeah, well, you know, it's the one thing is just mind-blowingly expensive. Yeah, no, dude, I mean, that's the thing where... Lara and I, when we went to London, we made this agreement with ourselves. You hear about couples having an understanding? Here's the understanding we had, that we would not in our head multiply everything by two. We would just pretend yeah, for, the sake, just for the sake of your sanity, you have to pretend that dollars are pounds. Yep. Um, so uh, real briefly, because I know you're kind of under the gun today. Uh, so congratulations on being the lead thing here in this New York Times piece about caveman, cavemen. Yeah, that was weird, wasn't it? Uh, this is from, I believe, the Sunday Times. Yep. Television section. Uh, actually, the first three paragraphs are all you, brother. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude had to have, like, it's like he came up with this hypothesis that critics actually, some critics are coming around on cavemen. And then, obviously, he began to dig through Nexus, and it's like, crap, nobody thinks this. He, so he was working backwards. But he already sold it. That's my guess. I don't know. So he was working backward from the conclusion, and he then had to, he was like a creationist. Then he had to find evidence to support his flimsy uh, thesis, and you were what he came up with. Exactly. I, it got that bad. Excellent. I have to think he was up till like, 4 in the morning, <laughs> getting more and more bleary and desperate. Okay, but you know the thing about it is, this article doesn't make me want to watch Cavemen, but here's what it makes me, here's what I'm thinking. It really does, it does make me want to either read A, a long article, B, a short book, or C, perhaps some kind of documentary about what it's like to work on this sitcom, the sitcom which is so, uh, you know, which is so embattled. So loathed? Yeah, like well, you know, the story behind the, you know, the story of working on the sitcom is almost to me more interesting than the sitcom. Well, that could be true. Um, the, the, the thing with that show, though, it's so absurd, is that uh, people got all crazy, got all medieval on it about what a horrible, horrible show it is. And I kept watching it thinking, like, well, where's the – I mean, it's not the best thing ever, but there are moments when it kind of works. And it's not – and at the very least, it's not just, you know, at least it's strikingly new and different in its own kind of not 
completely lame way. The weird thing is when you read this article about the guys behind the Cavemen show, they, they themselves, the creators, are very endearing because they're working backward from the proposition that they are going to be canceled very soon. Oh, well, that's how you have to... Yeah, and so they're they're cool. They're just sort of like, you know, well, we assume we're going to be canceled, so we're just going with it, you know, which is kind of great. Like, it's kind of, you know, you sort of refreshing in a weird way. Yeah. And everybody sort of mouths those platitudes, like, well, and which I think is some sort of a knocking on wood, whistling past the graveyard thing of like, well, we could be canceled tomorrow, so we're making the best of it. But these guys, you get the feeling that it's not like a line. They, they really just sort of know that. Well, I think everyone who gets into, I mean, just the fact that a show gets picked up, that's, you've already beaten the odds by so much, it's unbelievable. Have you watched the uh, the uh, Judd Apatow-produced, Jake Kasdan-written and directed movie, The TV Set? Yep. Oh. Saw it twice. That is, is that not brilliant? Um, no, it's not brilliant, but it... it, it <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But it's... Um, <laughs> what it is, is it, it, it has some moments of clarity that really... Uh, I mean, it sees... You, you know that... It's like every second of action on that on that movie comes straight out of the truth of what it's like to work in that industry. And it comes out of, I think, uh, uh, Judd Apatow's experience with Undeclared. Sarah and I were talking about that. I think a lot of it comes from that show. Yeah, that's that's probably true. But the um, uh, but uh, but I don't think he has the same casting problems. But the that that, that they had in that show. But the thing that. Um, what was interesting to me about that was the, um, uh, the, the well, oh, excuse me, the, the flaw in that movie, I thought, was that the central character, who is clearly based on Judd Apatow, was, uh, as played by David Duchovny, just wasn't as striking a character, or he, there, it, that was just kind of flat, I thought. He was played a little too passive, for my taste. Yeah, he was passive. He was yeah. totally passive. And there was something, but I was wondering whether there was a point to that, that there was something kind of grating about him, and there was something more than a little narcissistic about the way that he kind of was basing that character on himself and his whole experience and didn't, you know, and, and, and that there was, and whether, whether, whether they thought that was heroic or whether they thought there was something fundamentally flawed in his way of doing business, I don't know. But I thought there was something fundamentally flawed about it but they didn't I, but the movie didn't seem to quite get all the way there you know what i'm saying well and you, you got to assume though that with with even though jake Kasdan wrote and directed it it was produced by apatow and so there's probably a certain reticence to sort of you know to to make him you know to, to put him in an unflattering light at least an actively unflattering light well but then but then again it's the you know we're, we're back to narcissism again aren't we because yeah. it's the same so maybe in a weird way the movie while it's, it's very good at point under uh, of, of of understanding and and portraying the horrible flaws of all these you know these other people, his antagonists, it's blind to its hero's own problems, some, even though they seem fairly clear to me. It is a it is a meta experience, which is sort of, say. and I'm being harsh, considering that I kind of agree with virtually everything in the movie, or at least their portrayal of of the network people. Uh, real quickly before before we go here, and uh, and I will not be so egregiously late uh, the next time we have you on. Um, so I can ask you this: so uh, next Friday, the twenty first uh, of December, mm. uh, we here at the Rick Emerson Show are uh, we're doing a uh, holiday spectacular. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is uh, and so uh, I will uh, drop you an email about this later. But you're going to get an email from me. Uh, I have a very uh, small specific request of you yeah. uh, for next Friday's program. So I'll uh, I'll shoot you an email about that later. So be on the lookout for that, as they say. Um. Okay. What? <laughs> 
Well, I can, I can ask you. I can tell you now if you want to know. Sure. Okay. So we are doing a live radio play. A play. Uh, a live radio play. I hate that the live radio drama isn't really accurate, but a live radio play, just like they used to do yeah. uh, in the sort of radio days era. Okay. Um, and so there is a, a, a tiny, small role uh, for you in it. Tiny, small, you say? Well, I mean, it's, it's a 25-minute production. So in other words, it's not the, you know, it's a, it, there really are no large parts in this. But, but, there's a, but you do have a sequence in this. Oh, do I? Yes. Okay. Uh, that is if you're gracious enough to, you know, to do you know, And I think it actually is over the phone. I think you will quite literally be phoning it in. Uh, but it's uh, it's it's pretty great, if I do say so myself. Okay, fine. All right, I'll drop you an email Yay. to give you the specifics. Thank you, Peter. All right. All right, read him in print in the Oregonian online at OregonLive.com. Fear him always, Peter Carlin. Thank you, sir. There you go. Peter Carlin, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me do... I love that guy. Let me do these two calls, then we'll break. We haven't taken a break in like an hour. Oh, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, how's it going today, Rick? Hey. So I just wanted to—I uh, know something a little bit of something about that place called Wafer Tech. It is an actual place. Okay, so it really does exist. Yes, it okay. does. I, uh, I, I pick up from there almost every day. And also, I have a question for Sarah. Yeah. Um, regarding my—you uh, know—you had that ear thing going on, uh, like a, a couple months back. Yeah, your ear yeah. was clogged. Yeah, I have—I uh, have like shooting pains in my ear, and I went to the doctor. They squirted some gooey stuff in there and sucked it all out. Did they do that for you? Yeah, they—they they rinsed it out. Like they—they they had this uh, like water pressure thing, and they—they they squirted it into my ear, and then had this like bin underneath where all of the water would go into. Yeah, I'm not curious. It didn't work. Did it work for you? And actually, no. My I still have problems with my ears, but, but I don't want to go medication. back. They gave me medication. They gave me ear drops, but. I don't know if I took him long enough or not, but I still, like, every once in a while, it still feels a little You know, off. not to compare you to my dog, but Max has ear problems where he gets blockage, and we have to put this ear goo in, and the thing is we're always forgetting to do it, and so then his ears get that bad. That's exactly what happened to me, because I was supposed to yeah. do, like, four, you know, like, do it, like, four or five times a day with sit, for sit like with my ear, exactly, and yeah. sit with my, you know, head to the side, holding it in my ear for ten minutes. I don't have time to, you know, do that. I forget about it. Oh, yeah, that's what they told me to do, too, and I, I did it, like, twice yesterday, and it was just really frustrating. <laughs> So I did it for one fiftieth of the amount of time I was supposed to do it. Amazingly, it didn't work. Yeah. Well, I fell asleep actually. At one point, I fell asleep. These are such American problems to have. (laughs) I got all this. uh, I have this health care, and then they gave me this magical formula which will work. But who has time? So how did you get cured then? No, she's she's not. I'm not. Oh, you're not. I have. I still have some of the drops. Yeah, I still have some of the drops left. So one of these days, I'm going to finish the medication. One of these days. Bye now. Thank you. Thank you. All right, back after this with Tim Riley, the top five. Is there stuff we were going to do and that we haven't yet? Well, who knows? Of course. Oh, we'll talk to Richie about our visit to the Ass Club on Thursday. Uh, you stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Like a koosh ball made of nails. Oh, that is so cool. Yeah, hedgehogs. They really are the best pet. I mean, they're not the best, but they're really they're great. They're very low maintenance. They only they you know they they, they come out at night. They like to be left alone. Give them some you know they're really like the us of the pet world. You give them some food, some water, and some privacy. They are fine. A little wheel to run on. All right. 
And I got all this hedgehog stuff at home. It's just like sitting in my basement. But I just, like I said, if I get another hedgehog, then in five years I'll have another uh, hedgehog die, and then I'll just be all sad. All right, at the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Breaking news at deadly shooting spree at the Mega Church and Missionary Training Center in Colorado. Believed to be carried up by the same person, a 24-year-old Denver man who hated Christians. His name is Murphy, and his father is a permanent research person. Now, apparently, I, I thought these two things happened too close together to be done by the same person. Well, But, but now they're saying he did them both. Well, that's counterintuitive, though. I mean, yeah. if they were... Well, I don't know. You mean too close together in time or in yeah. location? In time. They were, were 65 miles apart. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. See, Seamus made it sound like they were sort of down the street from each other, but I guess maybe he was speaking colloquially. So, uh, so they, they so think it was the same guy. So they think he shot up one church, floored it, and then shot up another one. Yeah. Weird. That is weird. That is some hate. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of hate, that 50-year-old pig farmer who lured prostitutes to his farm, you, chopped them up, and fed them to pigs. You cannot get enough of this story. No, he gets life. He listened to the verdict with his head bowed and later smirked a devilish smirk. During the trial, the prosecution said Mr. Pinkton told him how he strangled his alleged victims and fed the remains to pigs. Health officials once issued a tainted meat advisory to neighbors who might have bought pork from the Pinton pig farm. The concern that that meat might have had human remains. Surviving members of Led Zeppelin will take the stage in London tonight to play their first concert since the 1980 death of drummer John Boham. The legendary classic rock group features the original members, and they're going to have an Emmett Etigan tribute concert, wherever he is. He was the founder of Atlantic Records. He was, he was a... the founder of Atlantic Records. Yes. And a key figure in the careers of numerous rock, roll, pop, jazz, and R&B artists. In addition to Led Zeppelin, he worked with Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, Frank Zappa, the Rolling Stones, Ray Charles, and Aretha Franklin. So, uh, concert's tonight. So that is tonight. We actually have a listener who is there in London seeing Zeppelin tonight. He's uh, When the concert, when he flies back to the States, he's going to uh, phone in and give us like the blow-by-blow of the Zeppelin concert. So that's actually uh, the first time that they played since 1988, I think. And that was at Atlantic Records' 40th, 40th anniversary thing. But even that didn't really count because it was only like three songs. So this is the first full-blown concert that Zeppelin has done since, God, in 27 years. So well, there you go. I have a quick Britney watch. Oh, fantastic. Here's your Britney watch for Monday on the Rick Emerson Show. Have you ever wanted to get into Britney Jean Pants? Well, here's a big chat, y'all. <laughs> Is that her pseudonym, Britney Jean Pants? Yes. Hey there, Britney Jean Pants. What's going on? And I, and take, I, another, take another run at that sentence. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to get into Britney Jean Spears Pants? <laughs> Have you ever wanted to put a bunch of words and names in a sentence and mash them together and spit it out over the airwaves? This is what happens when I don't pre-read. <laughs> well, and I sold it on eBay store in Los Where Angeles. Where did I get those jean pants? <laughs> started an auction for an outfit allegedly worn by the hoochie-flashing, traffic-swerving pop wreck. I don't think we can say <laughs> that. I've heard it said before. Okay. No, I think you can't say the proper word that it's supposed to be. But you can say that uh, the H word. 
that ends with a G. You just said it, though. <laughs> well, I did No, it. not that. Well, up for grabs is one lime green. We said that, tank though. Top no, he said Yeah, but what are you talking about? I'm talking about the other one that rhymes with that. I don't think that's the one you can say. Like the street? Yeah. Hoochie street? <laughs> oh. Well, I thought a hoochie was a girl. Yeah, well, me too. Well... Well, listen to this. Well, Jesus, I don't even know. These this kids is a lime green. So confusing. This is a lime green, <laughs> wet seal tank top, medium, and a pair of size seven eight hydraulic jeans, oh, otherwise known as hydraulic Louisiana. jeans. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Hydraulic jeans. That's that's when that's when it's fat, Brittany. Uh, bidding currently at eighty three sixty seven ends Tuesday night at eight twenty one p.m. Eastern time. All right. Part two. Well, it's a hard-to-hear, sarcastic comment to paparazzi outside of Los Angeles area Chevron station, and Britney Spears stole, uh, stole a cigarette lighter on her way back to the car. <laughs> she seems to say, I stole something. Oh, I'm bad. In a video captured by the paparazzi, the owner of the gas station tells People Magazine, this is the proof of uh, Spears' personal festival of light. Yes, Britney stole a light blue lighter here last night. The lighter's $1.35. I'm hoping maybe the next time she comes back, she'll pay for it. I know she can afford to pay for it, and I'm not planning to file a police report. It's just not right for her to steal the lighter. I hope she'll do the right thing the next time she comes here. Seriously, I mean, look, I know that this sounds like, uh, I don't know, like whatever. This sounds like some sort of blue-collar anger at at celebrity. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, that really pisses me off. I don't know why. Well, I know why. It's because she's shoplifting, and nobody else would be, nobody else would get away with that. No. If I shoplifted something, if Sarah went into a store and just saw something laying on the counter, I mean, I hate to be sounding like I'm disproportionately angry about this, but if Sarah went into a store and just saw something laying on the counter and decided she wanted it and didn't want to pay for it, they call that theft. And they call the police, and the police uh, the police issue a shoplifting thing to you. Uh, the idea that somehow Brittany is allowed to do it because there's a camera on her just really makes me angry. I, because I think it's more... You know why? Because that is that is a microcosm of Brittany's whole thing, of Brittany Spears never being held accountable for anything. I mean... That is emblematic of the same thing about them not holding her responsible for They're having totally her kids nurturing. on her lap. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, drive, how many times has she been on film driving without a license, with no license plates, cutting the wrong way across traffic in a red light with her kids on her lap, and yet, like, well, it's Brittany. And it's like the presence of cameras make any sort of acceptable be- behavior acceptable. So the idea that she can just shoplift, everybody goes, goes, well, it's Brittany. What can you do? And just it, it should be, be burning down a warehouse oh man, somewhere. It would be so immensely satisfying just to see her arrested for that. Since it's on camera. Oh, that guy should press charges. It is troubling. He should it? press charges because it's he's on not, he's camera. Being on he's being a dick about it. F him. All right. That's what we all say. Yes. That's the end of the Britney watch. All right. There's your Britney watch from makes me angry. Fantastic. Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen, greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7. Top of the hour all the way through, like us. Just, right. uh, um, Tim does look really dapper today. He looks like he ought to be eating clam chowder somewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Or, you know, not. I don't eat chowder. Some sort of... <laughs> <laughs> eating some sort of a bis. Chowder. Perhaps. All right, thank you. Uh, let's see, Rick... I don't know if anyone has mined these jokes yet, but hearing you've referred to uh, that place as the Ass Club, well, that's an acronym. 
Angels Sensual Social Club, created several great phrases instantly in my head, like, take a swing with the ass club, or looks like he got beaten a few times with the ass club, or they were at the wrong end of the ass club. I'm not familiar with the establishment, but I wonder if the frequenters of the place have conflated the new name with the old one and simply called it the ass of clubs. All right, thanks. Uh, well, let's do these calls, and then we'll uh, break. Um, oh, I see what you're mouthing. You were mouthing the word with a C. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's what, what you can't say. Yeah, that's what I thought Tim said. I thought Tim said the C word. No, he said the... Ah, I see. All right. H word. My pen just came apart <laughs> of my hand. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 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 Hi. Um, this is just a bit of trivia. Um, I'm here to solve your uh, your dogs with the stinky ears problem. Yeah. Hello. Um, I had a had a dog that, that had that problem for years, and you put the stuff in, it would fix it, and then it would, it would come back, and it really reeked. And then I went to a vet, and he said, um, "You won't believe this, but you got to change the diet, and you got to change it to a lamb and rice." Ah, but no, no, no. See, actually, we do give him that diet now because he's allergic to the other. Uh, really, this is actually just our fault because, uh, and I'm a bad dog parent. It's not that the medication doesn't work. It's just that we are terrible about doing it according to the right regimen. We'll remember it for three or four days, and then we just kind of space it out. i got to put like a little reminder or a beeping thing on my cell phone to remind me to do it. Okay, my bad. Our medicine didn't work for us, but it yeah. was the lamb and rice that, that no, it's a, the, it was the allergy that made them. No, I thank you for the advice. It's just that I'm simply a bad parent, sir. Okay. All right, thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, going into the don't call yet. Going into this break, uh, we will also be giving away uh, a, a pair of uh, tickets to the motorcycle ice racing uh, thing happening at the motorcycle at, at Memorial Coliseum. Uh, there's a uh, the motorcycle uh, ice racing thing is happening. Uh, it is the world's best professional motorcycle and quad ATV ice racers at Memorial Coliseum for the first stop in the 32nd annual World Championship Ice Racing Series uh, that is coming up uh, Saturday, December 15th at 8 p.m. Uh, fans will see over 20 action-packed races in two and a half hours. World Championship Ice Racing, a don't-miss event. Tickets on sale at Memorial Coliseum box office or at ComcastTix.com. So don't call yet, but we will be giving away some of those. Hello, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, sorry to interrupt your stinky dog ear conversation. <laughs> but uh, I have a testimonial, a comment, and a PSA if I can really fast. Sure. Okay, the testimonial, you're talking about Jackbox Records, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I know that guy, Isaac, since I was in the seventh grade. Uh, he started out his business uh, selling his own collection, which was humongous. So you got to love a guy that's going to just give up all his own personal material to start a business. Yeah, when I, t when I met him, we literally sat and talked about music for two hours. He's really cool. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's a great guy, actually. And he's been a, a listener of the show for some time. and it's just uh, So, yeah, we really are proud to have him associated with the program. And I'm proud to have him as a high school chum. Excellent. And anyway, and the comment was uh, the guy that couldn't find the job where he was applying for or yeah. the company? Yeah. Was that the company that Scotty J works for, maybe? That's yeah. Uh, somebody did ask that, actually. Somebody said, uh, let's see, where did this go? Does this mystery temp agency place have computer techs and a card table and an overly mortgage garage? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> and no ha. employees, just a president and a vice president? <laughs> the vice president, yeah. Yes, excellent. All right. And the, 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 yes. PSA, the PSA was uh -huh. to research the company before you go for the interview. That's great. That's good news. Uh, good uh Advice for anybody who wants to get a job. Yeah, it's always a good idea to know where you're going and what they do. Right. All right. Thank you, sir. On the factory case, can you take me out Ace of Heart style? Uh, bye now. <laughs> All right. 
let's see. Well, we have to break here. Uh, yeah, we actually very much so do because we missed another break. In oh, all right. Uh, actually, right this second. Richie, we are going to take caller five right here. Richie, we will take caller five. They will win a pair of uh, motorcycle ice racing tickets for this coming Saturday at Memorial Coliseum. Tickets on sale at Memorial Coliseum box office or at Comcast Ticks. Dot com Memorial Coliseum Ice Racing this weekend. We'll take caller number five for a pair of those. Back after this, this is the Rick Emerson Radio Show. All right, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, let's see. Coming in tomorrow, well, other stuff. I forget exactly what. Seemed very interesting when I wrote it down earlier. Uh, let's see. Like is next. Donna Mike at 7 and so forth. And uh, let's see. And whatnot. So uh, anyway, uh, I Am Legend premiere tonight, 7 p.m. Lloyd Cinema. So hope to see you there. Yeah, come uh, say hi to us. Yes. Come and say hello, won't you please? And look, sit on Rick's lap. And look for Richie Bristol. Don't sit on my lap. Uh, so we'll be there along with Scott Daly, Aaron Duran, Sarah, blah, blah, blah. We'll all kind of be hanging out. So come say hello and howdy and whatnot. Uh, we want to thank CNN Radio Correspondents Bob Costantini, Steve Kastenbaum, and uh, Peter Carlin from the Oregonian. Uh, Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Eric Stillen for AM 970, South State Radio in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phones. Richie Bristol, the gatekeeper, is Dave Zinn. Podcasting in uh, Webmistress upstairs is Bridget. And, uh, of course, the CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Reynolds. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Be safe. Don't let the bastards grind it out. See you all tomorrow. Bye now. <laughs>